is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? We are just about ready to drop the puck on Winnipeg Jets season tomorrow night. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm Andrew Patterson, along with my main man, Michael Remus. we got a big show coming up. Uh, just one guest today. Because we have so much Jets to talk about. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press is going to join us. We'll double up on the local teams. We'll discuss the latest on the Bombers coming off their resounding thrashing of the Edmonton Elks to kick off the Thanksgiving Day long weekend and look ahead to the rematch coming up on Friday in Edmonton. But the majority of today's show is going to be all about the Winnipeg Jets. Final roster is set. Green light for tomorrow night in Anaheim. And Cole Perfetti will make his NHL debut tomorrow for the Winnipeg Jets as Mark Shifley sits out game number one of 82. Now, as always, can't get this show started without thanking the sponsors that make this happen every day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And that, of course, is including our friends at Culligan Water, our newest sponsor, Donnie and the gang over at Manitoba Battery on Logan Avenue, Royal Sports, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club, and of course, Nick and Nikki and their Nick and Nikki DQ group and Cool Bet Canada. And we will, uh, with tonight's, being the first game of the regular season. A little later on in the second half of the program, we'll uh, fire up Cool Bet and we'll give you every single Winnipeg Jet player prop, team prop, or available bet for the upcoming season if you do want to get in before we drop the puck tonight with two games in the National Hockey League. The Lightning will raise their championship banner back-to-back as they host the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then a little later on tonight, it is the first ever game in Seattle crack in history. They'll go up against the uh, previous expansion team in the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights. And of course the Kraken will be hoping to uh, even come close to what Vegas did in their historic inaugural season in the national hockey league. So Hamilton coming up a little later on, we will hear from coach Paul Maurice. We'll also hear from Cole Perfetti, a very excited Perfetti getting ready to make his NHL debut. And of course we'll talk about everything that's happened over the course of the weekend with the Winnipeg jets final roster as it was set yesterday, as it looks today, how it might change before tomorrow and what else might happen and everything that went into it. I thought Paul Maurice did, uh, did it best and a big shout out to our pal Murata Tesh um, when he was asked to explain everything just read Murat's article that probably will be the best and I did as many of you did brain was a little mushy afterwards but I think we got a pretty good idea that there was much more than just the salary cap in consideration and a big reason why on this opening day roster both Perfetti and Billy Hanel are on there uh, which gets to the uh, the performance bonus pool um, we'll get to all of that. Let's get Michael Remus in here as we get things going. Remo, what's up? How was how was your long weekend? Uh, did you forget how things worked in the three days between shows? Yes, I'm here. Uh, I all, I almost forgot how things worked. Uh, we had a bit of an issue coming on, but we're back. It's exciting to be here. But yes, uh, definite. It's almost like riding a bike. I kind of forgot how to do all the stuff. So. Uh, Great to be back. We're counting down to the hockey season. I had my uh, what my fantasy draft yesterday. You know, we got real games tonight. This is very exciting. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I, and you know what? 
I mean, it's so great to come out of this weekend and be starting the hockey season. Because I have to tell you, we'll go through all of 2021 and it will be difficult maybe to match everything that happened over the course of the weekend. Um, for those of us here in Winnipeg, and I know you were out there, would you give a shout out to our friends? I mean, it was great at the game. Uh, we were with the Canadian club folks. Uh, Nick from Nick and Nicky DQ came by. And then Ken and some of the gang from Princess Auto were there as well. So it was great to see so many friends and certainly our sponsors at the game. Bombers ripped apart the Edmonton Elks in, in a, a straight up embarrassment of Edmonton. Um, and, and and we'll get to this with Jeff a little later on, because I know we're going to focus on the Jets for the first half hour or so of the show. But I got to tell you, that was um, that was a white flag performance by Edmonton. And the most shocking news I think I heard yesterday was the fact that it, Trevor Harris is out, apparently, from Jamie Alexando. He's preparing Taylor Cornelius and uh, Dakota Prokop to quarterback against the Blue Bombers. And uh, I guess from one standpoint, dude, it couldn't get much worse for Edmonton with what happened on Friday night here in Winnipeg. Um, they'd had absolutely nothing going. And that was, we've talked a lot about the Bomber defense this year, one of the most uh, complete thorough defensive performances we've seen. And that says a lot considering how great this team has been on the defensive side of the football, really from game one of this season. Yeah, we were at the game. Big shout out to uh, guys at Canadian club for having us in the booth. A uh, great picture of us on, uh, on Instagram, follow sports talk WPG uh, there. But I mean, what a performance. I think it got off to a bit, a bit slow. And I think after the first half, like bombers should be killing these guys. And, I mean, we've talked about this all season, just how many um, elite talents the Bombers have on, the, you know, every position at D-line, at linebacker, in the secondary. And they really just put the hurt on Edmonton, who was supposed to be pretty good this season, but is, I don't want to say in shambles, but they're going, Trevor Harris is no longer the starter. They're going to Cornelius and Prokop. So it was credit to the Bombers defense, but also uh, the offense as well. Uh, Andrew Harris, I mean, that was big. And finally getting another touchdown. Um, you know, fantasy players have been angry at Sean McGuire all season, vulturing <laughs> so many at the one-yard line. I, wasn't he the league leader even? Yep. like It's Most insane. Most touchdowns a back, in the league, period. A, a backup quarterback who does punch-ins from the one-yard line. So uh, credit to Andrew Harris. And, uh, you know, there was no Kenny Lawler. We were kind of wondering how would Kelvin McKnight he factored in a little bit, but I, I think it was Nick Dembski and Rashid Bailey picked up the slack, and it just shows you how talented the group of the Bombers receivers are. Yeah, um, you know what? Like Wayne, <laughs> Wayne Jones, like, are you trolling us, Wayne? Bombers are flawed. O'Shea is not smart at all. O'Shea is his what? career trajectory could be one of like a historic all-time coach in this league. And let's not forget what was here before Mike O'Shea. 29 years, well, I guess it was probably more like 26 or 27 years of losing. And Mike O'Shea's created a culture that is all about winning. This team is 8-1. and one. They are far and away the class of the league. And I'll leave it up to you guys to figure out who's second. But I'll tell you what, it's not close right now. And uh, if you want to blame Mike O'Shea for the kicking performances, I mean, I guess you can do that. But it's up to Kyle Walters, O'Shea, and everyone to figure out how the kicking game gets figured out. Uh, when they do need it. But I'll tell you what, when you're thrashing teams by 25 and 30 points every week, kicking game isn't that important. It will become playoff time. But um, overall, anyways, great win for the Bombers. We'll touch on that with Jeff Hamilton coming up a little later on. Uh, but Remo, let's get right to it. 
Everyone talking about this Jets opening game tomorrow. And the real intrigue over the course of the weekend was how this roster was going to be set. And um, you had Nelson Noje going to waivers and also Dominic Toninato going to waivers. And there was speculation, I believe there still is, that you know Toninato could be a player potentially even on this road trip. Um, but we'll ask, talk about this with Hammer and we'll hear from Coach a little bit later on as to what this decision means for Perfetti. I, I thought Marat did an amazing job breaking it down in the athletic as to why for the opening day roster, at least, even if the plan for the organization is to have these young players, Perfetti, Billy Hainala in particular, to play early and a lot with the Manitoba Moose, not pigeoning them whole into there for the entire season, but knowing that these players will be possibilities at some point through their play, through injuries and whatnot, they needed to account for what might happen if they come up and, and perform well with performance bonuses off the ELC. And that was why, from my understanding, it was quite important that they were on that opening day roster. Now, I don't think Philly Hanel is going to be in the lineup for the game tomorrow night. I think it's pretty clear who the top six defensemen are on this team right now. And unfortunately for Philly, he's not one of them. Uh, I think we know that Nate Beaulieu is most likely to be that seventh defenseman that is an insurance piece that can play at times if need be. But given everyone being healthy and ready to go, wouldn't be in the top six. It'll be Nate. Uh, it'll be uh, Dylan DeMello riding alongside Logan Stanley on what is, you know, ostensibly the third pairing. You've got Brendan Dillon playing alongside Neil Pionk and Nate Schmidt, one of the other newcomers, playing with Josh Morrissey. Um, but once they had to get that done to really account for what might happen later on in the season. But I'll tell you what, Ray, I mean, I know there's a lot of people thinking they'd go back, they'd do what they had to do for the first official opening day roster, um, and then, you know, go to Dominic Toninato. But I got to tell you, just looking at the chat and seeing the buzz on Twitter and whatnot, Jet fans really excited to see Cole Perfetti get his opportunity to play. And I think the Mark Shifley injury is a big part of that. I'm not sure whether we'd be having the same conversation, or the injury, excuse me, suspension. We wouldn't be having the same conversation if Shife was able to go. I'm not sure. Frankly, it doesn't really matter because he's not able to go tomorrow, finishing up that suspension, and Perfetti will get his his opportunity to play for the first time in the National Hockey League. And what's interesting about this is, you know, with Paul Stastny moving up to center the top line in Shifley's absence, it looks like Perfetti's going to be playing on that third line. Um, but again, I think there's the potential that you could see him at times, maybe even getting a spot on the power play, depending on how things work without Mark Shifley in there. But the bottom line is, Cole from is going to get a chance to step into the lineup to show what he can do. And I mean, I guess if you're Perfetti, as excited as you are about your first game, and I was seeing that he called his folks, and they're going to try and get down to California for it. Um, the bottom line is, it's professional hockey. It's a big opportunity for the young player. And in his first game, he'll have an opportunity to do everything he can to make it that much harder for the Winnipeg Jets to send him down even when Mark Shifley is able to go in game number two against the Sharks. Yeah, we saw Ken uh, tweeting out the line rushes today. I'll just go through them quick without Shifley. Uh, Connor, Stasny, Wheeler, Cop, Dubois, Ehlers, Harkins, Lowry, Perfetti, uh, Veselina, Nash, Svechnikov, Morrissey, Schmidt, Dylan, Pionk, Stanley, DeMello, Bullu. Anala. So I think we'll wait and see when the you know rosters finalized. The Jets tweeted out, you know, this is the roster, but I think 
according to Murad and maybe some other guys, there could be maybe some movement before. Um, and I agree. His article in The Athletic really details a lot of stuff that I didn't understand about oh. LTIR and bonus pool and all of this stuff. So that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. But um, the point is Perfetti, you know, was the team's first-round pick a couple of years ago. Had a great seat, you know, got locked out last year how he was able to play for the Moose, made an impact there, played for the World Championship. And I was, had wondered, okay, are they going to reward him for a great year of development last year and a great training camp, you know, showed up, showed his offensive ability in the preseason. I think you ought to be excited, so give him a shot. You know, I think if he performs to what you think this guy can be, maybe he does stick around. I think the plan would be, um, you know, have him in the AHL and get some reps in there. But, I mean, if he shows to be above that, you know, more than adequate third-line player or, you know, everyone in the chat wants to see him on the second line instead of a guy who they say who can't score, who scored, what, like tw- almost 20 goals last year? That would be Andrew Coppa. We'll, we'll wait and see, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm um I will wait and see, but I'm excited to see and, and you know happy for the guy. Anytime you uh, play your first NHL game, special moment. You know, calling the family. They're trying to get last minute uh, comment. You know, tickets down to uh, Anaheim. I don't know what the uh, protocols are in terms of that, but you know, hopefully they can be there. And you know how much of an impact they've had in his life so far. So congratulations to Perfetti. And I think we'll wait and see. You know what the whole thing is. I'm Svechnikov remains unsigned, not on the roster right now. But I think that could, and that's just because of salary cap gymnastics that Murat illustrated. So we'll wait and see what happens uh, with him. Yeah, to put it as simply as possible, the Jets needed to get as close to the salary cap without going over, um, not including Brian Little for yesterday. Uh, And the other side of it that we mentioned, this performance bonus pool, Um, You know, having the rookies with built-in performance bonuses into their contract establishes what that pool is. If you don't establish it, and then you have players that come in that eat into that, it comes from your LTIR allotment. So this is, yeah, there is some salary cap gymnastics right now. There will be some changes as we get into game two, game three, next week of the season. I think that will probably include Dominic Tonato, Toninato, or Tony Nato, excuse me. I know he's got a new pronunciation this year. Maybe he just clarified this year. Uh, will be part of the, the roster and potentially is a 13th forward. Um, but I think the bottom line for Pat Freddy is he's going to be in the game tomorrow night. He's going to get a chance to get a taste of National Hockey League play with fans in the building in the Ducks home opener. And I would expect he'll play a significant amount of time, probably relatively soon with the Manitoba Moose. Uh, I think that's going to go the same with Billy Hanela. But it's quite clear that, you know, these players are both on the precipice of being National Hockey Leaguers and potentially regular uh, National Hockey Leaguers. What's standing in the way of that at the moment is probably some more veteran players in the lineup, uh, as well as, you know, maybe in one injury away. Certainly Perfetti, I think, is one injury away, depending on where it is. Uh, and Billy Hanela, I think, absolutely is. I mean, I, I do really think that Nate Beaulieu is going to be the seventh defenseman in that, you know, they don't mind having a guy on an expiring contract taking up a spot in the press box that's good in the room that everybody likes. For Billy Hanel, if he's not going to be playing, he needs to be playing. So you play him with the Manitoba Moose. But, I mean, let's say somebody in the top four got hurt. Um, 
you know, I mean, do you play Bolio at times for a game or two? Maybe. But I think if it was going to be an extended period of time, I think that's the point where Vili Hainala comes into the lineup and and gets that opportunity. Um, all that being said, though, those are all ifs and buts for down the road because the Jets have six healthy defensemen, the six healthy defensemen that I think we all pegged as their opening night roster. And uh, you just laid it out. I mean, Schmidt with Morrissey, Dylan with Pionk, and Logan Stanley playing with Dylan DeMello is the Jet blue line. And I will say this, Reem, we're sort of used to having this conversation since the trades were made right in and around the beginning of free agency. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, thinking back to what happened against Montreal and the end of the season and everything that we talked about on this program really since it started the 8th of March of last of, of this year, um, to think that the Jets are going into game number one of 82 with Brendan Dillon, with Nate Schmidt, it certainly is. Uh, it certainly is a different atmosphere and a different level of expectations for the Jet Blue Line, considering these uh, moves that were made in the off season. Yeah, wasn't it Connor Hellbuck who said they were all in? I can't remember. He said they all in. They said they put push their chips in. Now look, I think this is the start of a three year period, as we've talked about all season, where you have three years left of Shifley, uh, Wheeler. Uh, Hellebuck, those are the key guys, but a number of other players, you know, Dylan and Schmidt in for that period, Ehlers, and some of these guys like Pionk's got four years, Pionk as well. I mean, you've got a core, a very solid core group of players, and if you can supplement them with some guys on ELCs, you know, uh, Logan Stanley's got a min contract, Vili Hainala, um, who else? This is Pierre Luke Dubois, he's an RFA after the season, but um, who's the other one? Perfetti, I mean, if he plays... I mean, that's a huge, huge value to have guys who can who can play on those kind of contracts as well, in addition to your core guys. So, you know, Lowry signed. So they've they're set. Uh, but this I think this is the start of, you know, this core group. And they've had playoff success in the past going to the conference final. Now that that team has changed. The defense completely changed. But a lot of the same guys there. they did well in the playoffs last year. Unfortunately, um, I don't really know what happened uh, against Mon- Montreal. Uh, I know Shifley got suspended, and then the wheels seemed to completely fall off, and they got <laughs> dominated by the buzzsaw that was the Montreal Canadiens. But I think this team is, is much improved. They've addressed the areas. They're set for the future. And I think, you know, for th- I, I, we're talking like, it's funny, after 2018, we're like, okay, yeah, they're going to be going to be back. And I think they, they took a bit of a step back. I don't think they did take a bit of a step back. But now... They are they are set, and I think the excitement in Winnipeg at a, at an all time high. I've seen projections for the Jets, you know, from Jay Fresh, Dom, you know, all the guys on Twitter who are into the analytics. Yeah, what about Cervelli? Cervelli, I mean, Cervelli picking them to win the cup, but I think you want to go for playoffs. What like mid nineties points we're expecting mm-hmm. here, and if things you know go right, maybe you are above that. So you hope you stay healthy, but even if they do get injured. There's a lot of depth on the Moose, and I see people in chat being like, oh, look how good uh, the Moose are this year as well. So uh, I think they're positioned to do well, and you hope that it works out, and it's starting uh, tomorrow night in Anaheim. Yeah, uh, the Moose are going to have a squad this year, Um, and I love Moose hockey. Um, You know, I've got a a big part of, you know, doing what I'm doing now really started with, you know, working with the Moose in those first few years and being close to the organization, even after moving over to Hockey Canada and doing some of those other things. Uh, I, I love Moose games, but, you know, I remember as the, the the Moose organization got started, it was about putting on a quality product for the people here in, in Winnipeg, and it was about winning. And everything changed significantly 
when the team moved to the International League, to the American Hockey League, and, you know, they were hooked up with the Vancouver Canucks, where it was all about development. And then, you know, towards the end of that, you know, the, the final couple years before the Jets came back, um, you know, it seemed like the Moose had a little bit more say in trying to put on a winning product and, you know, continued to do well. Uh, but then obviously the Jets came in, the team was gone. Since coming back, there's been a few lean years. And I think it's been a big part of the fact that a lot of the young Talented players that the Jets were drafting were coming right up to the Winnipeg Jets, Nikolai Ehlers, Patrick Laine, and whatnot. Um, but right now, some of the fruits of the drafting that the Winnipeg Jets have done, not in the first round or the second round, I think is showing. And um, certainly the expectations for this Moose team are going to be as high as at any point since the team returned to Winnipeg during this NHL era with both the Jets and Moose here at the uh, at the same time. Uh, as far as today's practice goes, and again, we'll hear from Coach Paul Maurice and we'll hear from Cole Perfetti both a little later on in the program after we get to Jeff Hamilton. Um, but Ken did run down what these lines are looking like, and I think we have to assume that these will be the way the lines are tomorrow, um, you know, in Anaheim for game number one. No Mark Shifley. Again, he's in the press box. Um, so it is Paul Stastny that's playing inside in, in with Connor and Wheeler. Uh, no surprise line number two. We've seen it pretty much all preseason long. Nikolai Ehlers driving the line. Pierre-Luc Dubois in the middle. Andrew Kopp on the left side. But where we have seen significant movement is on that third line. Jansen Harkins had just an amazing, uh, uh, amazing preseason. Uh, great training camp. And I think he needed to have one considering the season that he had last year. But he, uh, it sounds like he's made believers of the coaching staff. And he's certainly earned this opportunity in game number one to be on line number three with Adam Lowry. And, of course, the rookie Cole Perfetti, who's going to be making his NHL debut. It leaves the fourth line looking like this. Riley Nash in the middle of Christian Veselainen and... Svechnikov and getting Svechnikov does not have a contract right now, but can certainly sign one. What the Jets have done over the course of yesterday and today, establishing that opening day roster now gives them the opportunity to sign Svechnikov. We've been speculating for the last you know few weeks as he played better and it looked like he had a spot on the team that that might not come on the opening day and it might not come in time for game number one. But I have a feeling if they weren't going to get it done in time for game number one, he probably doesn't play as much. Uh, he probably doesn't play in practice on what looks like the game lineup right now. And uh, Weber said at the end that, you know, Maurice had individual conversations with Perfetti and Svechnikov after the workout concluded. Uh, at the time, he said, well, we'll see what that means. Later on, Perfetti said, yeah, coach told me, call my parents. I'm going in tomorrow night. So we will hear that a little bit later on. But, um, you know, a couple notes on this, Remo. I think it shows the, the impact that Jansen Harkins made and, you know, the spot that he earned you know, on, on that opening day roster. Still doesn't give us a lot of clarity how that Lowry line might look beyond tomorrow night's game when Mark Shifley's back. Presumably Paul Stastny's back. Does that just mean Harkins moves over? Is he part of that third line? And Perfetti is on his way to the Moose. Or do we see something else? And I guess Christian Veselainen is the guy that might be a little disappointed. I mean, the good news for him, he certainly projects to be in that opening day lineup. But from everything that we'd seen from the day the training camp started, it seemed like the third line spot was on a platter for him. 
And even with even with Paul Stastny not being in the lineup, we don't see Veselainen on that third line. So uh, maybe he's going to have to try and earn that spot from playing well on the fourth line, along with Nash and Svechnikov, at least to begin the season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And we had pegged Veselainen, you know, before the training camp, and he had started off with Stasny and Lowry on the third line. And, I mean, he's really struggled to produce points. It just hasn't been there for him. Meanwhile, Cole Perfetti and Jansen Harkins had some great chemistry. Uh, we saw it here in Winnipeg, what, in that game against uh, against Edmonton. That was Hart- the Harkins breakout game, and they kind of rolled through. So, sure, keep those guys together. And this is the first game. When Shaley comes back, we'll see what happens. There's also, you know, contract implications. You know, maybe they do send down uh, Perfetti just because that's the easy option to do. But, if I mean, if he keeps playing well and... I mean, you'll have a chance to play against Anna, you know, against these teams in the Pacific Division, Anaheim and San Jose this weekend. San Jose, not very good. Anaheim also projected to be one of the bottom teams. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. I, I think it's always a work in progress, the lines, but uh, this is something that we get to have fun and look at and, and debate up until you know, the start of, uh, not even during the season. So, uh, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what this third line can do. It gives them, you know, Two lines that can definitely score, and when Chevy comes back, uh, probably three. But even now, the Lowry, Harkins, Perfetti, I think it's intriguing. And I think Riley Nash will fit in very well uh, on the fourth line, and we'll wait and see who, if you know, Svechnikov is in or it's uh, Tony Natto as well. So there's, a, I think, a couple wrinkles remaining. Yeah, Derek. What's up, Derek? He's in chat asking if Stastny's hurt. No, Stastny's not hurt. Stastny's playing at Shifley's spot in between Connor and Wheeler on the top line. Um, because of course, Stastny is or uh, Shifley suspended for game number one, dating back to uh, the infamous playoff hit against Jake Evans in game number one of the Montreal series. It was a four-game suspension. Fortunately for the Jets, they didn't win any games in that series, which meant uh, Shifley still had to serve one game in the regular season, and he will do that. And of course, Blake Coleman's missing his debut for the Calgary Flames as a result of that dangerous he hit last week he had uh, last week on Jansen Harkins in preseason action between the Jets and the uh, and the Calgary Flames. So we've got uh, the Jets rundown is pretty much set. We're going to get into more of this and some of the stories in and around it, but would love to hear from uh, the folks that are with us in the chat on um, the best and worst of the camp or the preseason. Is there a player, uh, and certainly for my money, is probably Jansen Harkins that did the most to really help his cause. There's a lot of veterans, to be honest, that I don't think you can really include in this conversation because it's not like Shifley or Ehlers or Connor or Wheeler is, you know, fighting for a spot in the team at the preseason. They're strictly getting ready. Um, but what are people's thoughts on Christian Veselainen as well? Uh, Veselainen had a pretty good opportunity at, doesn't really seem like he grabbed it. As uh, we talked with Weeper on Friday, Maurice had said that, you know, in some ways he sort of left the door ajar. And um, right now, at least for the opening lineup, it looks like Jansen Harkins was the guy that uh, that walked through it. Uh, well, Trevor Lee says, I think Vest did exactly uh, what Mo asked him to do in order to make the team on the fourth line. I mean, I guess you could say that, but the problem was he started on the third line um, playing in that. And Remo, here's the other question. We'll just get to this quickly before Hamilton got on. You mentioned Andrew Kopp. Kopp had a career year last year for the Winnipeg Jets, contributed offensively, defensively, on the power play, on the PK. He was the guy that was sort of left out in the offseason 
with the amount of money that was thrown around. And by the time they got to COP, there wasn't enough to even consider a long-term deal. So he's on a one-year deal. I guess my question for you is, Reem, how did Andrew Kopp end up over the course of this offseason being the polarizing middle six forward for the Winnipeg Jets that every team seems to need to have amongst their fan base when you nail it out? I mean, the guy was so important to the Winnipeg Jets last year and did so many things in so many different areas. How did we get here? I mean, was there a heel turn that I missed at some point in the offseason? Yeah, I don't know if it's because like who his agent is or because he's not here for a long-term <laughs> deal. But I hear everyone in Cheshire is like, this guy can't score. He's not a top six forward. And I can agree. Maybe he's not a top six forward. Um, but you look at his numbers. Uh, the guy produced last year. 39 points in 55 games. 15 goals. So everyone's saying this guy can't score. He should have had way more. Look at what he did have. And look, I'm here to say, if you don't think he's, you know, a top six, I can I can agree. But for everyone saying he can't score, he can't score, or he should have had more, he did pretty damn well last year. So, I, so give him a shot. Let's see how it goes. And then if it doesn't work, switch him. And what, Rob Mahoney saying one goal in 26 games? I mean, Patrick Laine has gone on cold streaks, <laughs> cold streaks too. It's amazing that he even did what he did with one goal in 2016. I mean, yeah, maybe he, you know, four of his 15 goals were were in that one game. But uh, I mean, I, I, he those pro- all count. He, they all, yeah, again, they all count. <laughs> he produced, so I don't understand. Uh, like the, I can understand some of you know the level. Okay, this guy's not a top six, but everyone's saying he can't score. He can't score over and over again when it's pretty clear that he's just improved. So what you think? So let's go. Last year he was 0.7 points per games and the year before 2019-20 even if you think he's not as good as last year he's somewhere in between 0.7 points per game and 0.4 so let's say 0.5 I mean that's what well and you know, let's, let's high, high, you know sorry mid to high 40 points he's like 50 point guy I think that's pretty pretty solid. So well, and let's not forget the line that he's playing on right now. Mm-hmm. And you know we can we'll get into this with Hammer coming up. Um, he's playing with Nikolai Ehlers, who is far from a defensive demon as much as everyone loves him, and Pierre-Luc Dubois that had a a very up-and-down season last year. And the one thing that you can count on Andrew Kopp is that, you know, maybe there'll be, be there's better finishers in the league. I'll grant you that. Um, for a 200-foot player in the Winnipeg Jet lineup right now, there's not very many guys that do all that. So, anyways, I just don't get I've just been seeing a lot of negativity around Andrew Kopp, and I absolutely don't get it. Um, you know, we want to talk about guys earning opportunities. I mean, did anyone earn it more than Kopp did last year? So, I don't know. Let's uh, We'll see what happens. Anyways, we're going to get to... Bombers, Jets with Jeff Hamilton coming up right now. Uh, before we do that, do want to thank Culligan Water. Great to have Culligan on board with us. Uh, we know how important water is, hydration is just for you individually, and how important it is to have a great water service for you and your family. And Culligan have been the water experts, family-owned in Winnipeg for 65 years and counting. Here, they've got it all. They're over at 1,200 Sergeant. You can call them at 694-5180. Uh, water Street softeners, filters, whole home systems, and drinking water systems, the old bottled water coolers, as well as bottle-free coolers, water delivery services for your family anywhere citywide, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. You can find out more at drinkculligan.com. And all week long, up until Friday, they've got a special promo going on right now. If you rent any household equipment, 
water softeners, drinking water systems. Get it for $9.99 a month for the first three months. Give them a call for more details over at 694-5180 and find out more about Culligan here in Winnipeg at drinkculligan.com. Uh, we're getting a little bit of a bite in the air. Nothing too bad, but we know it's going to be cold. Hockey season is upon us, and that means you better be ready for winter, especially the battery in your car. Manitoba Battery over on Logan Avenue. Those are our guys, and they've got batteries for everything. Uh, but most importantly, they'll get you the battery you need at a cheaper price than it'll cost you to go down to a Costco or a big box store, and they'll deliver it directly to you if you're not able to get down to 1026 Logan. Uh, automotive batteries, industrial, farm, power sports, sleds coming up, uh, Medicare batteries, and so much more uh, as well as the maintainer. That $20 fall special is still on right now. You can find out more. Give Donnie and the gang a call 783-8787 or hit them up online at manitobabattery.com. Manitoba Battery over at 1026 Logan Avenue. Uh, Popeye Royal Sports on the weekend. Uh, lots of jet jerseys getting done up. Some new players, some very popular new players. And, of course, a new guy wearing number 88. That is Nate Schmidt. Uh, they're ready for the Bomber playoff run. They're ready for Winnipeg Jet season starting. And as well, many of you may have uh, someone in your family that's uh, not a Jets fan. Well, they've got the best selection of NHL merchandise anywhere. Not to mention they are the sock hockey superstore for over 35 years. And the one other thing that I'll mention, you can go to their Instagram for more on this, the Blake Wheeler hat line uh, with the uh, the BF logo as well as the wheel logo, a number of really nice hats in. Uh, Blake's teamed up his charity along with Cancer Care Manitoba. All of the proceeds go. They're available at Royal Sports right now, so it might be a nice little addition to the collection as well. You can find out more Royal Sports Pemina on Instagram, but pop down and see if it is the best store around 750 Pemina Highway connected to everything they've got going on at King's Skate, Snow and Surf. All right, let's talk Jets. Let's talk Bombers with our man, Jeff Hamilton, from the Winnipeg Free Press. Hammer, what's going on? First and foremost, uh, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. How was the long weekend? Yeah, it was nice. It was uh, it was short. All these long weekends always feel so short, but I did take a couple days off. It was nice. There's no, uh, weren't, weren't loaded with, with sports to cover. So all in all, it was, uh, it was good. It was good Certainly weekend. loaded with sports to watch. I mean, between Certainly. baseball playoffs, CFL, NFL, hockey news happening, got that heavyweight fight on Saturday. There certainly was a lot. We'll get to the Bombers in a minute because I do want to talk about, you know, look ahead to it. And there's some pretty juicy stories in the CFL. Uh, but let's get to the news of the day right off the bat. We knew the Jets were going to be uh, doing some cap gymnastics as we got into opening day. Um, right. You know, there was a number of articles that, you know, ex- explained how it was important the Jets to get as close to the cap as possible. But there was also the key note about performance bonuses for younger players that might be playing later on that they needed to account for. And I think that was a big reason why both Billy Hanel and Cole Perfetti were on that opening day roster. What's interesting, Jeff, and I'll ask you how much do you think this has to do directly to the suspension of Mark Shifley, is that we found out today from Coach Paul Maurice, and we'll hear from him a little later on, 
is that Cole Perfetti, the youngster, is going to be starting for the Winnipeg Jets, and he'll be in the lineup tomorrow night in Anaheim, which is certainly a great story. I think, uh, you know, a bit of a bone for him for having a real strong camp and a great year last year. I'm not making any assumptions from game two on, but uh, thoughts on the opening day roster and the fact that tomorrow night, as the coach mentioned today, Perfetti will make his NHL debut. Yeah, good for him. I mean, that's great news for Cole Perfetti. And, and you know, obviously, you know, there's a it, there's a little bit of a feeling like there's a cookie behind this, like, a you know, well done, great work. And, you know, so that kind of answers the part where you asked me, is this a direct response, do you think, to Mark Scheifele being out? I don't know if, if it's a direct response as much as it is. It's an opportunity and a hole to fill. Uh, and you look at a guy like Cole Perfetti, who's, you know, has obviously impressed at, at camp here and you know you know he's been on that bubble he's been asked about multiple times a week you know so everyone's kind of been watching and wondering you know what the 10th overall pick can do um but at the same time you know i think there's you know i think there's the reality here that we've seen this in the past happen to first you know first round picks you, you know there's a mental part to this you don't want to discourage them and then you know send them down to the ahl right as the nhl season's up up and running and again opportunity but we'll see and you know it doesn't you know, there's no guarantee that he sticks around. He probably doesn't. There's, you know, we know that there's there's the opportunity, in particular the ice time available to him. He is coming in on the fourth line, so it would suggest that, you know, unless he can somehow get the opportunity on that line to impress, that would be the easiest one to replace for game two. Well, you know what's so, actually we'll looking for it? I mean, from what I'm seeing from practice this morning, he's actually on with Lowry. Um, you know, you've got Stastny okay. moving up, Stastny moving up to Shifley's spot. Right. Um, and Harkins and Lowry and Perfetti, it looks like. And then the fourth line in practice was um, Veselainen, Nash, and Svechnikov. Now, Svechnikov so still needs to be today. signed. So that would have changed today. Yeah, Svechnikov still needs to be signed. But yeah, you're okay. I, that's a new development. I wasn't covering practice today. So if that's if that's in fact the position, well, then that becomes intriguing, does it not? I mean, Definitely. If he can, you know, if he can, he's going to get more opportunity on that line. So I was I was going with yesterday's kind of rushes. Um you know, if he's going to get more opportunity there, then there is the opportunity to seize. And it's not as not quite as easy to just kind of plug and play something. Although, you know, again, unless unless, you know, he can I, again, I don't want to dampen that for people who haven't. And I don't know. So if he does impress, maybe he does ride out that line. Certainly Christian Veselian has not you know, stolen that spot to suggest that it's untouchable. So just the fact that the door is open here, um, whether or not that's Mark Shifley opening it or not. Um, it is an opportunity for him. And what we what have we learned from him? When he gets opportunities, he usually seizes them. So I'll leave it on that note. Who knows? But obviously a good start and a good opportunity for him to start the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think anything's guaranteed beyond game number one other than he's going to be in the lineup. But mm. it, it, I, I did... It did pique my interest that he is, you know, penciled in with Lowry and with Harkins. Um, and the other thing, and just while you brought up Veselainen, um, you know, if there was one guy that came into camp seemingly with, here is the job, take it. It was Veselainen on that third line after they decided to make that move with Cop getting an opportunity to see what he can do on that top line. Um yeah. The fact that even in the last preseason game or, you know, against Calgary, we saw Veselainen in that spot and now penciled in for game number one on the fourth line. Um, I think it's pretty clear to see that, you know, the uh, the door was left open by Veselainen and Jansen Harkins, probably the guy that had the best camp maybe of anybody with the Winnipeg Jets. And I think it speaks very highly of Harkins considering 
A lot of people assumed that this would be the case with Harkins last year, and yet at the end of the season, Dominic Toninato was jumping him into the lineup and playing in the first preseason game. Message received, and from all accounts, he's done everything that he could for the organization, and most importantly, the coaching staff, to say, I'm in the lineup, and you know what? Watch the way I'm playing. I probably deserve a little bit more, and it looks like Hark's going to get that in game number one, too. Well, absolutely. And I mean, you look you look at each one of those guys camps and what we've seen from them, you know, early on here. And it makes a lot of sense to put them together. What you know, what's been the what's been the upside to Cole Perfetti? Well, it's been his vision. It's been his hockey IQ, his ability to make plays. What have we seen from Jansen Harkins, not just this year, really, you know, since he's come onto the scene over the last little while here is his energy. Right. I mean, he's got he's got energy to burn. He's you know, he's battling hard in the in all zones, particularly in the offensive zone. So he's going to get the puck. To, to guys like Cole Perfetti and then Adam Lowry is pretty consistent, you know, down the middle as, as a setup man and has some finish, obviously can sit in front of the net, create havoc there. So just all those things considered, you, you know, you are intrigued and it makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, but it's not, again, and this isn't a rebuttal to, to where the holes fit, but you kind of got to look at those kind of logics and not just say, okay, this guy's better here, or he's more higher in the depth chart. So he's going to go with this guy. You got to have to look at those connections and see how each player can play with themselves, you know, play with one another. And, and the reality is, is if you look at, you know, if you look at Paul Stassi going back there, well, he changes the dynamic of the line. He kind of is the Cole Perfetti of that line. So, you know, and so when you look at, you know, those, or you can take those things into consideration when you put a guy like Mark Shifley back in the lineup, what kind of trickle effect is that going to have? But again, at least we get to see, at least we get to see tomorrow night if, uh, you know, what the kid can do in, in his, in his uh, NHL debut. You got it. Hey, great to see so many people with us live on YouTube. If you haven't already, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button. And I got to give a shout out to Dermot Crotty. He says, usually have to listen in on the podcast in the truck, but got the day off. So after 140-something podcasts, watching live for the first time, Dermot, Here welcome we to the program. Hook us up. Even if you're not a regular YouTube user, hit that red subscribe button. Certainly appreciate that. Make sure you hit that thumbs up, get the likes going on. And by the way, Northside YEG, I don't know where you started talking about Brooklyn of Winnipeg's most, but uh, I'm with you on that. Big fan, RIP to him. Uh, very interesting little side conversation in the chat right now. Was not expecting to see a Winnipeg's most reference today, but I'm go. definitely here for it. Um, Andrew Kopp, and I asked this to Remus before you came on. Any theory on this? And maybe this is a psychology question, not as a hockey question. But <laughs> I'm good at those. What do you make? And, and again, maybe this is a small group of people that are just a little louder. But I have seen through camp a lot of negativity about Cop and the opportunity he's been given to play with PLD and Nikolai Ehlers. And I have to admit, Jeff, I don't really get it. I mean, if anything, I sort of felt sorry for Cop in the offseason in that we knew what the priorities were for the organization. And I give Kevin Chevalier off full credit for identifying that, making that the priority, and doing that. But the minute they brought $10 million of cap space on without leaving everything, uh, without removing anything from the lineup, you knew that made signing Pionk and Cop that much more difficult. And I think the deal they got done with Pionk on a four-year deal was great too. That left Cop sort of the odd man out. And he got a one-year deal, 
Um, and he and his agent said they would have loved to have had a long-term deal, four or five years. And I think, you know, it would have been a great time to sign it too, coming off a career year where he did so many things for the Winnipeg Jets. But does every team just have to have a polarizing middle six forward and he's the guy this year? Or uh, what do you make of his spot right now in the Winnipeg Jet lineup? And uh, maybe some of the things that we've heard, because I don't really understand where this started, considering the season he had last year. Well, you know, when it started, I mean, I don't know. It feels like it's been, I don't even know if festering is the right word. It seems almost too aggressive. But, you know, like we, there's been people who have talked about, you know, Andrew Kopp's value. I think his play has been a lot up and down. He's had really, really strong stretches where, you know, you're talked about like you belong in the top six, like, you know, on, on a team that has a very good top six, a lot of options for top six. And then he goes on a bit of a funk where he's not scoring goals. You know, he's not finishing. He, he does, I find, get snake bitten a lot. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's, I don't know if there's more guys that have hit posts or whatever, but that's not an excuse. That's, you know, the post isn't part of the net. So you got to get it in the other side. So anyways, um, so we have had a lot of opinions about him. I really think it. What it, the reality is, is he's a really, really, really good third liner. We've seen that. And I don't know if he's a, you know, he's kind of a fringe top six guy. We know he's not a top six centerman. So, you know, he's going to play the wings. But the thing I, I would say, if you're going to make an argument for Andrew Kopp, is especially when you look at the line with Nikolai Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois and you go, well, why is this guy on it? Well, this guy's on it to play a very, very important role for that. It, you know, having an extra defensive-minded player on that line frees up a guy like Nikolai Ehlers to kind of do what he does. And we've, you know, and that is do pretty much freelance in the, in the neutral zone and, and rush the puck to, you know, to his desire without having to whip back in the defensive zone. And he also makes up for Pierre-Luc Dubois um, in, in his, you know, defensive responsibilities. So Pierre Dubois doesn't feel like he needs to play a 200 foot game. You know, the first guy in the defensive zone, the first guy, he can kind of play more balanced knowing there's a guy like Andrew Kopp backing him up. So in a lot of respects, the role that Andrew Kopp is playing this year, or at least is expected to on that line, is a massive role for the Winnipeg Jets. So you could argue the success of Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nick Ehlers to a certain degree rests on his shoulders. Now, you might look at him and be like, well, he's not good enough to do that. Well, we're going to figure out real quick the chemistry in that line. The other part, too, do I imagine to the negative stuff, and I understand that part, too, is he's kind of every year in, year out, for a team that has a lot of recognizable stars, Andrew Kopp has certainly taken up a lot of ink and a lot of chatter about what he deserves in his contract. And when you don't sign long-term and every year it's like, you know, I got gypped doing this and, you know, my, you know, the negotiations didn't work out for me and the Jets said some really mean things. You're having a fan base that's looking at your dollar amount and going, well, that's pretty good for what you've produced as far as point-wise. So maybe you should just take it and like it. So I can kind of see both sides and why he's polarizing. He's polarizing in a sense of where he fits in the lineup, and he's been kind of polarizing in a sense off the ice in his contract negotiations that have gone in some cases well and in other cases not so well for Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I'll say to that is, I mean, he went to arbitration, which is not fun. Um, 
And he came out of it. And I mean, if anyone was worried about where his mental state was or how committed he was to the team, look at the season he had last year. I mean, I don't think anyone can complain with what he contributed to the Jets so last year. I think year. There's, a, there's not even a counter to that. But I think the thing to that is, and the argument from the other side would be, well, where else is Andrew Kopp getting this opportunity? Like, where are you taking Andrew Kopp? and putting him in a different lineup and getting an opportunity to play the minutes and the roles. There's not a lot of guys in the NHL that play on all three, you know, all situations, including both special teams. And Andrew Kopp's gotten that opportunity. So that's essentially what he, you know, that's probably the part where fans go, well, you know, yes, great season, yada, yada. But where is he going to, you know, is he all of a sudden going to be a triple threat, if you will, on a different NHL club? Maybe, but I don't know. He's getting a lot of opportunity here in Winnipeg to earn that paycheck. So Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah. I, but listen, I mean, guys don't play all those roles if they can't do it. And there's not a lot of other guys from the Winnipeg Jets that I think you'd be comfortable playing in all three of those roles. You know, it's some, I, mean, I guess that's the versatility of it. And here, I mean, the jury will be out. If things don't work out well, um, you know, you can plop him right beside Adam Lowry and have a very effective third line that can do a lot of the things that they've done in the past. Um, right. But I, I'm sort of on board with him actually at least earning this chance to see what he can do. And I think you nailed it. Um, you know, this the offense of this line is not going to be driven by Andrew Kopp. It's going to be driven by Nikolai Ehlers. Hmm. Hopefully that rubs off and brings the best out of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, and, you know, Cop might be the beneficiary of some offensive opportunities because of that, but I think you nailed it. It's the defensive acumen that he brings to that line. And a couple of people have been chatted said, I've suggested that, you know, Andrew Cop might be a good foil on the top line because it's not like we can just single out the second line in Ehlers and Dubois as guys that have maybe had spotty defensive records at times because certainly you can put the entire top six over the course of the last year in that category. Not necessarily every game, but certainly at times and certainly for some stretches, Jeff. Well, and Andrew Cobb wouldn't be the worst player to ever play on a top line in the NHL either. So it's not, you know what I mean? Like he's, you know, totally. dollar dollar price or skill, you know? So it's, yeah, I mean, he is that versatile piece. I think that, you know, there are people who want to see better play, you know, and like when I say the triple threat thing, well, the argument there is, well, does Andrew Cobb belong on the power play? You know what I mean? Like, is he, is he a setup guy? Is he a, you know, is he a goal scorer? Like he's kind of, He's kind of both and neither at the same time, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, so at the end of the day, he's he's a guy that's going to get opportunity. I think that's what he's getting rewarded here for. I, I see them playing to Andrew Kopp to, you know, convince him that the opportunity's here, to convince him that, you know, you might be able to get better money, but with the way we're using you, you know, you can extend your career longer. All these things come into play. Um, and so we'll see what happens with them. He is a guy that I think, you know, to those points I made before about how he compliments Nick Ehlers and, and uh, you know, and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is the reason why he's on there. Why, it's also the reason why, you know, Blake Wheeler doesn't play with Nikolai Ehlers or like those, those lines aren't together because, the, you know, there's probably too much attention warranting one over the other. And so, you know, when, if Andrew Kopp can come and play a complementary role and not have to have other players adjust to his game, then then it's all the better too. So there's lots of things that come into play here. We'll see what happens. I think there's a lot of potential for that line. Um, but, you know, we got to see it. And if games start being put together and Andrew Copper, that line is struggling, everyone's going to look to what they consider the weakest link, which is probably no doubt in that situation, Andrew Copper. 
Uh, as far as the blue line goes, no surprises whatsoever as to how things are looking. You've got Brendan Dillon with Neil Pionk. You've got Schmidt with Morrissey. And a third pairing projected for tomorrow night with Dylan DeMello and Logan Stanley, which leaves Billy Hanel on the outside looking in. The team's been quite clear. They want him to play a lot. Um, as long as there's not that opportunity in Winnipeg, at least this season, he'll do it a lot with the Moose. But injuries can happen on both sides. Uh, I would guess today, obviously, Cole Perfetti's maybe a little closer to being a regular just because he's in the lineup. But sure. as we mentioned, that's going to change. Who do you think? If I said to you right now, let's make a little wager or let's make a prediction. Who plays more games this year for the Winnipeg Jets, Perfetti or Vili Hainala, knowing that the number one factor on this is availability of the other players ahead of them? But um, just w- when I ask you that, d- it, d- does one stand out yeah. above the other? Uh, yeah, kind of. But like, I both feel like they're in the same situation as far as how they'll crack in the lineup. And that's, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, is through injuries injuries happen so you have to factor in where do you think the most likely injury is and where do they fall in the pecking order of injuries is, is Cole Perfetti one injury away from being in the lineup probably depends on who that injury is you know if it's Paul Stastny maybe you know and they they're trying to replace kind of his skill or whatever um, but it's hard to tell where they fall in the depth chart. I, you could say Billy Hainel is one injury away you know Logan Stanley injury away from getting into the lineup but is there Nathan Bolio there you know, is because we all know um, Blake Wheeler is a big fan of Nathan Bolios. So if he's if he's you know with that group, does he kind of come in and take over that spot ahead of Billy Hano? That's possible. But then you know, does Tony Nada come in? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So like they kind of fall into that similar, um, you know, that similar situation as far as what's going to get them back into the lineup. The fortunate part for Cole Perfetti, and we'll see if it plays any kind of role, is he's in the lineup right now. So if he can, he, at least he has something that is under his control, under his power, you know, to be seen as, as you know, the reason again, or to, to move his stock, if you will, whereas Vili Hainala is not going to get that opportunity here early on and will likely have to wait. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's hard to guess which way, you know, I, I really do think there is avenues for both those guys. Um, probably even more so Villahena on the injury side to stay in longer, but Cole Perfetti is also there. I would probably say Villahena, but it's, it's, too many factors to see, you know, who would exactly get the opportunity to play more games this year. Yeah, you, you know, you're right. Um, you know, as, as far as for Perfetti, um, and hopefully this doesn't happen. You mentioned Paul Stastny. Um, I, I think the example we're seeing tomorrow night. I mean, mm-hmm. if one of the guys in that top six gets knocked out, I mean, if Mark Shifley's unable to go for a while, or Nikolai right. Ehlers, God forbid, can't play for a while, or Kyle Connor. I think that there is that opportunity for Cole Perfetti to come in and not have to be a driver, but at least as a guy that can complement those other players. When it comes yeah. to the blue line, it's interesting. And I'm with you with all those things. I know the guys love Nate Beaulieu. He's a great teammate and all that. And absolutely. I mean, that's a big reason why I think he's still here. And I think he's a perfect seventh defenseman. And, you know, if they're on the road and a guy gets nicked up, I don't think Paul Maurice will hesitate to throw him in on a third pairing and let him play for a while. Right. But let's say one of the guys in the top four was knocked out for a month. I I don't think that I think that's sort of an opportunity for some consistent playing time maybe opens the door more up for a player like Billy Hanela. 
I really do think, and this is just my opinion on this, I think Bolio is fine for a short stopgap. Mm-hmm. Play for a game or two if that's the way they think Cover it's the going end of to a happen. Road trip. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But if all of a sudden there's an opening for a few weeks for some consistent playing time, that to me is, I think, the opportunity that Billy Hanel is going to need to come up from the moose. Because again, getting called up from the moose to play behind Bully or to be in the press box does nobody any good. Well, no, exactly. And so I guess my thought process was along exactly what you were saying, kind of short-term relief, like who's the next guy in immediately. But if we're looking at, say, a longer-term injury to, you know, a top four, you know, within the top two pairings and it's, you know, long-term, absolutely, I think he becomes a valuable piece of that puzzle because it, it, it goes along with, you know, what he needs to get into his rhythm and what he can handle. And he can probably handle a second pairing role for sure. So and it would probably do his development a lot better than, than maybe having more sheltered, lim- limited minutes on that third pairing. Although if it was Logan Stanley that got injured, you know, he would be playing with a guy, a veteran like Dylan DeMello and it might help. But all in all, you know, Billy Hanel for sure would be more of a longer term option. Uh, and I think that would I think that would figure itself out regardless uh, if Paul Maurice went to Nathan Bolio first and ha- you know, he was forced to play a higher role up in the lineup. I think he'd be more challenged. So, yeah, I, I'm certainly there with you as far as what opportunities are in place for him to play longer term. And, and that's definitely one for Billy 100 percent. Hey, before we get to the Bombers, last question. Um, just, hey, game one tomorrow. Um, thoughts overall on the team? A lot of people are pretty optimistic that this team, is it a playoff team? Does it challenge for the Central Division? How good do you think this team can be? And uh, are you as optimistic as a lot of other people are in the city based on the offseason moves that Kevin Chevalier made, Jeff? Yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating season. I think the expectations are an all-time high. They've been, you know, even through like, you know, fans have not been forgiving and rightfully so of the of the issues on the blue line. So what, you know, now that they've addressed those, the expectations are even higher. So, you know, it's, you know, it's we're going to see the highs and lows of every game, every result, which, you know, is is, you know, awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, am I as optimistic as everybody else? I, I'm really very curious. I don't know. I mean, I certainly am in the camp that thinks, okay, on paper, you look at these guys and they've addressed the issues and you look at, you know, their ability to score goals, their ability to stay in the fight with a lackluster defense over the last couple of years. And now that they've addressed that, um, you know, what, you know, obviously Hellebuck and net, like what's to stop this team? What's the, what's the weak side of this team? However, there's a lot of moving parts on that blue line. And I'll, I'll be very interested to see how players like Nate Schmidt rebound from seasons that, you know, he didn't have a great season last year at Vancouver. So as you know, is the chemistry here already? Is it, do they get the, you know, do they get things rolling? They certainly have a, have a good start to the season as far as competition. Anyone who's been following this league knows that region of the of the U.S. has not been pumping out great hockey teams over the last couple of years. So to start up, you know, start down there to begin the season, that's a good start. So you know, it's I think we're really going to ride the wave of, of of emotion. But this is you know, and you've been talking about it on the show. We've been talking about it a number of times. They spent to win, and they're you know they have no more pennies to spend. This is the team that they believe is going to get them there, and um, you know, and as I've said, you know, multiple times in my answer here, expectations are super high. So I don't know where the Jets are going to end up. I wouldn't be surprised, but a lot of crazy things can happen in sports, and I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out. No doubt about it. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press is with us. If you're not already following him, make sure you do at Jeff K. Hamilton. And you can read all of his work on both the Jets and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the pages of the Freep. Uh, We will hear from Maurice. We will hear from Perfetti. We'll hit the final odds on the Jets going into the season. But Jeff, let's quickly get to the Bombers. Um, I mean, 
We've seen a lot of bomber wins over the last few years at IG Field. It's incredible what this team has turned into, just such a powerhouse and the gap between the Bombers and everybody else. Um, but what did you make of that win on Friday night? One of the most dominating defensive performances I can ever remember. Up and down offensively, horrible kicking game, and yet it was a laugher in the second half. Um, uh, what were the takeaways from uh, Bombers Edmonton on Friday as they go into a rematch coming up in Northern Alberta next Friday? Wow. Takeaways. Holy smokes. Uh, you know, obviously Edmonton continues to be just the circus of the CFL. How are they that I mean, bad? You know, I mean, I don't know. And I really think it, I, the thing is, is hanging into last week's game, I was thinking, okay, is this a letdown game for the Bombers? You know, I wasn't really thinking that it would be, but could it be? Because I started thinking about Edmonton and, and how the Elks, like when they were in, when they had all the COVID-19 stuff go through their locker room and uh, you know, all the, you know, I don't want to say vitriol per se, sounds a little aggressive, but all the critical and negative comments aimed towards their organization. They were the talk of the league, the laughing stock of the league. And, you know, they came out that following week after all this bad press and they laid the boom um, that week. And then, you know, it was like, okay, maybe Edmonton's back. And so then they, you know, they fell off a cliff again and became the laughing stock again and then kind of hit another crescendo in negative press. And I thought, okay, is this the is this the week that Trevor Harris answers back again and throws for almost 400 yards and it's vintage Harris. And when he's vintage Harris, you know, you're in any game. And sure enough, never happened. Trevor Harris was pulled out of the game. He's not even starting next week. It, you know, like, he's not even on the roster next week. They're going with two guys. They, you don't carry three quarterbacks in the CFL anymore. So they're going with two other guys and Taylor Cornelius and Dakota Prukop and like, you're just like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, is Edmonton that bad? Is Winnipeg that good? I mean, when you look at the score, 33, it looked dominating. A lot of two of those touchdowns, um, as you know, came late in the fourth quarter with Andrew Harris doing what Andrew Harris has done over his career. And um, you, so you wonder, like, you know, you look at some of the, the, the you know, that you look at like 17-3 the score was forever, which is not necessarily close. And you never got the feeling that Edmonton was going to, claw claw back but things can turn on a dime in that game and so you look at some of the you know whether it's the kicking game that is still an absolute mess or you look at some of the the lack of finish you know getting intercepted in the end zone you know not not converting you know not converting that 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 uh short and uh goal and short from third you know when you have like a really they were 12 to 13 from uh third and short hanging into the game and then you then you then you do some kind of weird play calling at midfield and and Sean McGuire almost gets picked off, but it's ruled incomplete. And, and then you punt the ball after that. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, trying to be negative Nancy here or anything like that. But, um, you know, there are some things where you wonder, like, is there some weaknesses there that, you know, could really cost them when it's a, you know, one and done game in the playoffs. But, you know, again, that's maybe overthinking things. The Bombers have been dominant. The defense has been absolutely incredible when you're only allowing, you know, less than 15 points a game and you're averaging less than a point in the fourth quarter for, for this, the entire season. Like that's just, you know, how, like, you know, who's going to beat them? Well, that's the question right now. I mean, who's the second best team in the CFL? I mean, we can have all sorts of debates about that. Start thinking bottom. maybe Calgary and you think that's ridiculous. You look at what their seasons look like and then, but you don't really know. That's one hasn't been winning circus there. It's just, Crazy. Funny thing is, the Bombers, I'm not sure whether they could mathematically do it. They basically already wrapped up first place. I mean, win against Edmonton to get to 9-1. and one. Saskatchewan's 5-4 and four right now. 
the Bombers have already won the season series with them. They pretty much won the series season series with everybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least right now. I mean, there are still some games to remain. But let me ask you this, dude, because the, the tr- trade deadline is coming up, and I'll hit on both of these teams. Considering what we heard from Edmonton, that Harris is number three. I mean, he's not even in the game coming up. Mm-hmm. Does he play again for the Elks? And is he moved at the trade deadline? There's a pretty big hole in Montreal right now with Vernon Adams going on the uh, on the sixth game. And then from a Bombers standpoint, uh, and maybe this is a bigger conversation of all about the kicking game, which has been hilariously bad while they've been steamrolling the rest of the league. What are the chances that Kyle Walters does something at the kicking position via trade, not bringing in some other guy that we've never heard of, but you know, going to get a Sean White or a Lewis Ward from somewhere else. I don't know which team you want to start with, but both of those teams, very intriguing when it comes to the deadline for very different reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you look at, you look at, like, I'll address the Trevor Harris thing, you know, without getting into his vaccination status, I think he's going to be a challenge to move. Oh, he Um, might not be flying. He might not, you know, (laughs) so I mean, he might be one of those guys that you don't know if you're going to have to work around the playoffs with him. So uh, him getting moved. Yes. Montreal's uh, Montreal's uh, uh, in need of a, of a, of a starting quarterback, but you know, we did see Matthew Schultz come in there and do some magic at the end. Maybe he is the guy, Um, but yeah, you're going to have to do some, probably some convincing or, cash in some of your greyhound miles because I don't know how easy he's going to be able to be transported come uh, the games when it matters. But uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, But I I mean, you look at, you look at, you know, it's a very interesting question about and one that's been bandied about all season long as the Bombers have tried to figure out their kicking situation is a guy like Lewis Ward available, you know, is it, would he be, would he be, um, would he be an option for the, for the bombers and at, and at what cost? And, you know, cause at the end of the day, I mean, if you're, if you're as good as the bombers have been on defense and, you know, you've seen some great, great stuff from the offense as well. And Kenny Lawler returns to the lineup this week, you know, maybe they get back rolling like they were in BC, but you know, you look at the kicking game and that is the one where, you know, how many games can you get by and leave nine, 10 points off, you know, off the board because your kicker can't figure things out. I mean, that's, that's the situation the Bombers are at right now. And could they swing a deal with their buddy, Paul Police in Ottawa? I mean, they don't play each other uh, this season, so it's not like, and they won't play each other, you know, this, this playoffs. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Lewis Ward is from Ottawa. He is on an expiring contract, so it wouldn't necessarily, it would just, you know, they're just a necessary. It would could be a rental. The obvious risk there is that he comes here, wins the Great Cup, has a great you know affinity for 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 Winnipeg, and and the Bombers have a proven track record to pay good kickers. And so maybe it's you know maybe it's it's you know maybe they lose them. But I think if you're Ottawa, I guess you really have to weigh that decision. And it would really, I think, in this situation, obviously depend on what you are getting back, but also what Lewis Ward wants to do. You know, he might say, "Look, I'm from here." I'm going to ride or die with my guys and go through the season or, you know, he's also young. So it's not like he hasn't plenty of years ahead of him. Um, but yeah, if I'm the bombers, I'm certainly not giving up on that, that opportunity. You know, Frosty asks, uh, what's up with Krapina? Is he not healthy yet? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you have anything on that? I mean, the bottom line is yeah, he can barely, he can barely he, make yeah, a 40 he, yarder when yeah, he was here gone. to he's begin not, with. He's not an option. You know, he's under contract still because he's still injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's 
he's done. He's gone. He's probably, yeah, he's done with the Bombers jersey. He tweeted out not long ago, you know, chirping the kick game. I think that kind of <laughs> summed up his relationship with this team. And he was sent home before, so he's not even with the club. So, it's, yeah. yeah. Frosty, Frosty, don't hold your breath. Yeah, don't Repinia. go out and, don't run out and grab that jersey. It's not going to be <laughs> worth it. Hey, just before we go, I have to ask you this because I had a funny bar room conversation with a friend. We were talking about the Bombers afterwards and they mentioned the fact that the Bombers in Ottawa didn't play this season, which got me thinking. Let's just say that Ottawa was coming to Winnipeg like a couple of weeks ago, first half of the season. Right. What would what would the spread have been on an Ottawa at Winnipeg CFL game right now? Well, 21? Interesting question. Interesting question. Um, because and um, you know, because they came out in one week one, right? So they beat Edmonton in week one. So it might not have been as aggressive, but it probably should have been that. I mean, that's probably what it would look like now. I mean, um, they beat Edmonton again, got a little bit of respect. I still think they were about nine and a half point dogs in that game. Um, but I mean, Ottawa hung around. You know what I mean? So like, it, but you know, Winnipeg's obviously a whole other beast. I, I would say if if they were to play, it'd probably be seventeen. <laughs> I'd say which is pretty, are which is pretty, which is yeah. pretty incredible for for CFL. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that would be a lot. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't know if you see a lot of those, you know, those kind of lopsided spreads. And seventeen's quite a bit. And as we know in the CFL, defenses relax, teams scores score at the end. So to cover a you know, a three point score game. I mean, very, very much possible. No reason why they couldn't, but uh, the spreads, you know, who knows? Maybe 17, maybe as high as 21. Bombers are laying 14 and a half. We're not going to know. We're not going to know. Yeah, we don't, you know, but it's a fun conversation. Bombers laying 14 and a half, I've seen on the road in the division against (laughs) Edmonton this week. And by the time that game goes off, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I know you're very busy right now. Both our teams in action. Super exciting time for Winnipeg sports fans. I know you guys are all over it. Mike, of course, is uh, with the free press down in Anaheim for the beginning of the uh, Winnipeg Jets season. He's on this road trip. Uh, will you be doing a lot of bomber stuff heading into uh, into Friday? And are you heading out to Edmonton? I'm heading out to Edmonton Thursday, I think is the game's Friday. Yeah, I'm heading out Thursday to Edmonton. Um, back again, and then I'm I'm going to California for that, that Jets swing at the end of the month. Uh, so that should be interesting. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, it's just, like you said, it's, it's a busy time. It's a great time for not just Winnipeg sports, sports fans in general, but, uh, particularly for, for Winnipeg fans with, uh, how the bombers are trending up and the, and the jets are, are, are starting out. And with the expectations on them again, it's, uh, it's going to be a good couple months here of, of, of going back and forth between two teams that should be, and likely will be, uh, leading the pack in their respective sports. Hammer, we'll look forward to you and all the guys' coverage of uh, both the Jets and the Bombers. And, of course, all your reports from Edmonton on the weekend. Uh, Have a great one. Thanks for doing this. This was a fun conversation. Lots to get to right now, and uh, we'll chop it up with you next week. Awesome. Yeah, always a a pleasure to be on, Hassan. Shout out to the comments. Smash that subscribe button, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Hef Jamilton just came in and said Jeff Hamilton (laughs) is elite. Uh, Definitely one of the most popular (laughs) guys that ever come by the show. Thanks so much, Hammer. Great stuff. Uh, There was Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Great to have Jeff on and a perfect day. I love having Jeff on because we can kind of hit both of the teams and there was so much coming out of this weekend just overall in the world of sports. Didn't want that that to get lost because right now the focus here, you know, we'll get to some NFL chat and everything else that happened. And by the way, I don't want to forget about the Winnipeg Ice. They are on fire. This team 
man, they are so good right now. Uh, and I expect that that's not going to change. Um, they could be a contender for the WHL championship. We could be talking Memorial Cup at one point. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But, you know, between the draft eligible players they have, the other guys that have come back, um, this is a beast of a team right now in the Western Hockey League. So shout out to the Ice for their great start on the season. And, man, to think the expect expectations for the Jets are what they are, um, certainly the Moose more so than we've seen in the past few years. And now with our junior hockey team, uh, I know it's been a crappy couple of years for hockey fans in general, but I think this is going to be a special hockey season for fans of all these Winnipeg teams. And uh, they'll all be getting going within the next week with the Jets and the Moose getting back on the ice to begin their seasons. All right, we're going to hear from Coach Paul Maurice in a minute. We'll get Remus back in here. Uh, do want to thank our friends at Princess Auto for their great support. I have heard more. Now, I'm not personally a handyman, but whether it be my brother, whether it be people in the chat, whether it be people at the Bomber Games, people talking to me, they're so pumped that Princess Auto is on board with us um, because it is described by people that love projects like creating like fixing things like the 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 holy grail of stores um uh, princess auto has the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around uh, as well as a new farm category for those of you out in the rural areas you'll find everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new at princess auto uh, where they provide them or pr pride themselves on helping you create the ideas in your head and then make them into reality. Whether for your shop, worksite, or home, Princess Auto knows you love finding the right tools and equipment to help or build or repair things yourself. You can find it all online 24 hours a day at princessauto.com or see them at one of their two Winnipeg locations. And again, weekly we'll do a curling report for Princess Auto. A couple big events on the weekend. Uh, we saw it was Jacobs and Cooey going at it in the men's event out west. Uh, and shockingly, that no Canadian teams uh, in the final of the women's event, although we did see a matchup between Chelsea Carey and Jen Jones. Big win for Winnipeg's Chelsea Carey, although uh, now with a new team this year, uh, they did not play well in the semis. They got knocked out. We'll keep an eye on all the curling talk for Princess Auto as we get closer to the Olympic qualifiers next month in Saskatoon. Uh, I know uh, a lot of you, myself included, had a few little brown jugs on the long weekend uh celebrated with a few victory 1919s after the bomber game on the weekend and they've got some real cool stuff happening out down at uh, at the uh, the uh, tap room on william avenue first of all they've got the new double which is fall vibes times 100 i saw an ad today on their instagram where they described it almost like a butter tart uh, i'm in on that butter tarts literally maybe my favorite food period outside of maybe hamburgers uh, so I'm in on that. I'm looking forward to trying their new fall beer, the double. You can get that at the tap room or of course online at littlebrownjug.ca and check this out on Friday night at little Brown jug, October 15th. That's this Friday. S'more beer, please beer bonfire and snacks out on the patio. So if you're looking for something really cool to do, maybe a pop by for a few at seven o'clock and then get back and, bundle up and watch the bomber game they're doing that find out more follow them on instagram they've got all their great stuff that's happening at little brown jug brewing on insta and at lbj brewing on twitter 
And of course, our friends at Boston Pizza, wild Monday nighter last night. If you're out at one of the BP lounges, got pretty crazy there in the fourth quarter with that insane Ravens comeback. Uh, but with Jet season back, we'll be back at Boston Pizza Lounges. We will get the WST crew together at some point for a little Jets watch party with one of the road games. Uh, but tomorrow night, 9 p.m., you know they'll have it on all the screens with sound at all of your local Boston pizzas. So uh, maybe it's time to get back out, get back together with friends, and cheer on the Jets in game number one of 82. You can do that at your local BP. And, of course, you can also order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Remus back in here. We will hear from Coach Paul Maurice. We will hear from Cole Perfetti. And before the end of the program, uh, we'll touch on the lines for the, tonight's games. There's two games in the National Hockey League. I've put together the full list of every Winnipeg Jet prop bet for the upcoming season. So we'll go through all of those. Uh, but Remo, great stuff with Hammer. Um, he's one of our favorites. Great guy to talk both Bombers and Jets. And uh, man, we had a lot to cover today as the Jets are ready to start their season. And the Bombers now pass the midway season as the class of the Canadian Football League, despite some historic issues putting a football through the uprights when the kicking unit comes out. Yeah, you don't need to, it doesn't matter about field goals when you're winning games by 30 points, you know, despite missing. Um, so thankfully it hasn't been an issue. Seems like they're trying to address it, calling Hyralahu, calls to Medlock, uh, haven't worked out. I think he's moved on. So we'll wait and see how they address it. Do they go back to Legio or do they keep Mortada? Um, I think they should try to go for a trade, just trade whatever you can for uh, Sean White or Lewis Ward and, I mean, you got to go for it this year. You're you're prime. This is the one clear weakness you have. So I think they'll do something to address it. You know, like Kevin Chevaldeoff, um, you know, Kyle Walters. When there's holes that need to be addressed, i.e., you know, getting a quarterback <laughs> in the 2019 season, they go out and do that. So we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. Um, and uh, interesting about CFL with Trevor Harris not starting on Friday. Wow. Wild and Bombers being massive, massive favorites on the road in Edmonton. Uh, as for the Jets, we are counting down until tomorrow night, nine o'clock start. I'm looking forward to that. They do are some games tonight, which only two. It's kind of like you know, the NFL's Thursday night start, a bit of a tease, but we do have the Kraken playing. But we are all looking forward to seeing what that Jets lineup will be. Will Svechnikov end up getting signed and placed in? We'll wait and see about that. But a lot of excitement today about Cole Perfetti. And for whatever reason, Andrew Kopp dominating the chat with Hamilton. Um, maybe you know, maybe Pierre Luc Dubois should dominate the chat. Uh, Huss. I mean, he is a guy had a real disappointing year last year. Well, you know, Line was traded for him, Line and Rosovec, and <laughs> Dubois was, I mean, not great. And we were all wondering at the end of the year. So were you hurt? And he's like, no. And we're like, what? What? Are you, are you serious? So, is that good? Yeah. What? <laughs> So I think he's going to have a bounce back here. He's playing with Nikolai Ehlers. That's a plus. Playing with Ehlers on the power play as well. And I think that's a story we're going to watch. How is the ice time distribution going to be power play one and the Ehlers power play? Because by all accounts, by statistics, the Ehlers power play much more efficient at scoring goals in their limited ice time. Do they get a bump up? I think that they should. Will Paul Maurice have a more even distribution? Maybe they will net with Shifley out for game one. And I think that also throws a wrinkle into the plans. Okay, you know, whatever you see in game one probably isn't going to be the same case going forward because you'll have Mark Shafley. You make a great point about about Dubois. 
Mm-hmm. And just thinking about this now, because as I said, we've had some off-air conversations. Like I'll pop into the chat. It was sort of, it was, it caught me off guard. Um, some of the heat that was going cops away after the season that he had last year. And if you just went and saw some of the feedback, I think you would have think that those two players were swapped. You would have thought that Cop had the Dubois season last year, and that Dubois yes. had maybe the season that that Andrew Cop had, and that wasn't the case. I totally get uh, Winnipeg fans giving Dubois Mulligan for last year. There was a lot of things, and we don't need to go through all the things that I say. Don't say they're excuses. Well, they actually are kind of excuses, but whatever. They need him to be great this year. They need him to be the guy that they expected they were getting when they traded Lonnie and Rosovic for him. But I really did expect that the conversations, and it's not like it hasn't been there, but it hasn't been very loud that the guy probably under the biggest spotlight and under the most pressure to produce for the Winnipeg Jets is the new number 80 Pierre-Luc Dubois, considering what was given up for him. And um, as far as Andrew Kopp goes, um, you know, I, I just think that he's done everything that's been asked of him. And, um, you know, if there's a guy that, you know, especially playing that 200-foot game that'll be important with those players, might be a good fit. Um, but again, nothing's etched in stone. If it doesn't work for a while, they'll change it up and hopefully have better results. But I have no issue with Andrew Kopp getting this opportunity out of training camp, especially considering that, you know, he was the one guy that sort of got it left out. I think there's certainly be an argument to be made that he was deserving of an extension of a long-term contract in Winnipeg. The numbers just didn't work out. And that, to be honest, is a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets. Why? Because it means that they didn't have the money because they prioritized the blue line, which was clearly number one on their list going into the offseason. Ah, all fun topics to get to. We'll have a full season of throwing topics like this around on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But let's get back to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, do want to hear, we'll hear from Cole Perfetti in a minute, but let's hear from Coach Paul Maurice today. Uh, he finished up the final practice before boarding the first road trip flight of the year down to Southern California, where his Jets will begin one of 82 against the Ducks tomorrow night. Here's what Coach Paul Maurice had to say after today's practice uh, about the final practice, and of course, tomorrow night's roster in the debut in the National Hockey League of former first-rounder Cole Perfetti. I'm going to throw you a bone. Cole Perfetti's playing tomorrow night. Okay. And so how much fun is it? I know you've had many conversations over yeah, the last Yeah, always like that one, right? They get this kind of canned speech, but I, I believe it, and it's true. And uh, just, you know what I, so when I'm telling a guy what I think is his mom and dad, I think there's a phone call that's happened right in the last hour. I'm, I'm in what that house is like for like today to tomorrow, right? Either trying to get there, but just the every crappy cup of coffee and every small rink that we've all had a thousand of, right? All of it, right? Kids playing his first NHL game. Now that's got to be awesome in that house. So that's the part that I get a kick out of. I never get to see that part, but, you know, and then we would go. Do you have any tips for his parents on how to get a flight down? Uh, no. No, I'm just trying to make sure I get on the plane today because they'll leave me. Yesterday, uh, you weren't sure. Maybe you, I don't know, you, you weren't necessarily. No, all of this, all of this, fellas, is I got to talk to a certain number of people in a certain order. And every time you put a player in, you got to take a player out. And you always leave those to the last minute because somebody's getting the flu. Somebody's still not anymore. Um, somebody's not feeling well. So you leave them. So I, I like to make sure that I talk to the people before. 
you know, you guys are going to start putting the names up and there's going to be not enough room for all the names. And then you're going to start asking me who's coming out. And I'm not telling you because I have to have that conversation with them first. It's fair. Did you know yesterday or did something happen? Was it or is it just kind of decisions, last minute decisions? I had a pretty good idea last week. So why did you make that decision, Tom? Well, that's because I wanted to do it. I mean, there's no, it's, it's not, you know, you, you think you see something that you might like, right? And, you know, it takes a while. The player, the player that started training camp is a different player by the end of the training camp. So you got to wait to see, is this guy getting stronger? Is he falling off? Is there some chemistry here? There's something over here. The rest of the group looks like this. Shifes out. We got a little different thing going on. So you just kind of, that, that's almost like the triage of your normal NHL day, right? Who's hurt? Who's not? Who's playing? Who's available? Who are we playing against? All those kind of things. What can you share with us about your conversation with the Smeshnikov? Um, uh, my conversation was related to uh, language on the ice. I wanted He's got this big personality, and it happens every year. The iceplex acoustics are completely different than here. So you get to the iceplex, and it sounds like a thousand people are screaming at the same time. There's pucks, and then you get out here, and it's dead quiet. So I felt like I was the only guy talking on the ice today, and nobody wants to see or hear me that much. So I was just recruiting different players to feel free to join in, in Russian or English. I was fine with either. Nobody needs, nobody understands what I say. So it does. What did you see from Cole? Do you think that this was kind of the right I saw. I, I think as the games kind of got more sorted, and as he played with different players, it looked. I don't know. Easier is not the right word, but he can make plays under pressure, and he may end up actually being one of those guys that can make more plays in the National League early on. You know, he's got there's a whole bunch he's got to learn. I'm not saying this is for the year. I just thought for opening night um, with Shife out, there's a certain skill level that you want to have in your lineup, and um, I thought he had a good camp, and I liked. He was, you know, the kind of the, maybe the one or two things I came out of that last Calgary game that I liked. I thought there was, you know, there were some defensive things, but I'm not worried about that. That's my job to teach him. But there were some offensive things that nobody teaches anybody, and uh, I didn't mind it. Was the fourth line set then, Paul, or did you have to do make some tinkering? Uh, see what tomorrow brings. I appreciate, I, 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 just, I just thought when I fired out the Cole Perfetti thing that I would take myself off the hook from answering any other questions. I thought we could do that together. We could agree on that. Paul, how much does it change Adam Lowry's game? Uh, because we're anticipating that right. you know, when things get back to normal, he'll have a grizzled veteran like Paul Stastny playing on his wing compared to having a 19-year-old like Cole Perfetti. It's, right, so the, the, the advantage there is it seems like maybe that's a really good spot to put Cole Perfetti because of those first two qualifiers, which are very true. And then the question will be, what do you expect from that line and how are you going to run them? So we're going to get into the season probably 15, 20 games, and this is not related to Cole, but it's related to Scheif's line and Dubois' line, where it's the best effective matchup for those guys. Because if I can run them head-to-head against the other team and we can come out on top, then that's what we're going to do. And then I will save Lowry's line for certain situations against the other team's best. I don't want to expose Cole to that nightly basis. It's easier to do. I'm not getting the match on the road anyway. So you can kind of forego that on the, but if you're coming to, you have a very specific job for Adam's line, but, but then by that time, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe there's another guy that's goes, you know, on those nights, you move somebody else in on that wing and, and you run them in a hard check and roll. And, and there's going to come a point in time that it, it might be one of the guys in the top six that come down to allows his line and you run them. So there's, because of, of the, the maturation process of those young forwards on that top six, 
and I, I consider, I know Mark's not young anymore, but he went through that, but Kyle and Mark and Nick and, and uh, Pierre-Luc's going through that because they change every year. It changes how you can run your bench a little bit. I got a lot of hands going, fellas. Safe day, all right? Oh. Just one very quick one. I just heard that the plan will be for a hell of a playoff Oh, no way am I confirming that. All three, all three, no one yet. You've never asked me that. He's playing tomorrow. That's fair. And you knew that when you asked that question, that I wasn't going to give you all three. That was just your way of asking for tomorrow, right? Veteran that you are. And you got me. Well done. <laughs> well, I'll say one thing. Uh, spirits are high around the Winnipeg Jets. And Coach Paul Maurice is in mid-season form with the pressers so far going into game number 81. That was... Uh, few laughs in there tried to pull a couple fast ones on the media well and sarah orleski i'm not sure what sarah thought was thinking you know you know committing to a goaltender for three games maybe thinking the coach was going to turn over a new leaf or something like that no i i i regret i uh respect the hustle of sarah trying to get that out but of course the main story was cole perfetti very exciting time for the young man getting into his first nhl game tomorrow and uh fingers crossed that his folks are able to uh, get on a plane today and get down there and see their uh, see their little guy get into the best league in the world for the first time tomorrow night as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Now, we're going to hear from Cole Perfetti in just a minute. Uh, do want to thank our friends at Not Autocorp and congratulate them on the official opening of the new Winnipeg Car Lab. Uh, saw our friends over at Virgin or one of the radio stations, I think, just got a brand new vehicle completely wrapped. Uh, if you or your business are looking for a great marketing vehicle, excuse the pun, um, they'll be able to do it for you. They've also got tinting, striping, rims, all sorts of cool things if you're looking to modify a vehicle. And then when it comes to getting a vehicle, if you're thinking about moving on from the present ride that you're in right now, before you do anything, why not check out the great deals they've got down at Not Auto Corp over at Waverly McGillivray. And of course, you can also find out everything they've got going on at Not online at not.ca you know remus and i mentioned it right off the top of the program but a big thanks to james and the canadian club gang that hosted us at the game on the weekend uh we certainly did try i loved the cc and ginger um and i did get a lot of feedback from people at the game about the triple c the canadian club and culligan are uh, the wst branded ryan water that we've got going on right now uh in all sincerity though great time with them proud sponsors of the bombers great sponsors of ours and a uh, shout out to schickster who won our first co-branded winnipeg sports talk and canadian club hoodie and i do believe the schickster is going to come by and grab that after today's show we will have another one to give away on another big canadian club marble race coming up on friday's edition of winnipeg sports talk if you are able join us on fridays always a fun show live on the youtube chat which finishes off with uh, a marble race with some great, great prizes. Uh, and I've also got to hook up Jeff Kabilis because Jeff Kabilis has a bottle of the good stuff too as he came in second. We had some great prizes last week. We'll do it again coming up on Friday. Of course, Canadian Club available at IG Field as well as your local Manitoba Liquor Mart. And our partner on the weekend was Nick from Nick and Nikki DQ. You know they've got the four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the DQ on St. Anne's. Uh, Nick made a little drop-off as well on Friday. Uh, I love the burger. The chicken fingers were great. 
But man, those treats and pizzas and the ice cream sandwiches made the weekend uh, that much better. Pop down to any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Tell them your friends at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. And if you need a cake for an event, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll get it all set up for you so you can just pop in quick and easy, pick it up, and then be the hero at the next event that uh, you are bringing that DQ cake to. All right, we just heard from Coach Paul Maurice. We do want to get to some of the odds and the last-minute things still on the board for the Winnipeg Jets before the season starts tonight. But let's talk to the young man and hear from the young man that everyone was talking about, Cole Perfetti, who met the media along with the former Vesna Trophy winner and the starter for tomorrow night's game, Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, uh, it was a good conversation. Um, he kind of just said, when I get off the ice, go call my parents because uh, I'm playing tomorrow night. So that was, uh, you know, pretty special. Um, to hear that, um, you know, just super excited and can't wait to get there tomorrow and, you know, make that dream come true. You said on the first day of pro camp, your goal is to make the team. What's it like to accomplish that goal? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's only a start. There's a long, uh, long season ahead. So, um, you know, to to make it out of day one, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, like I said, a dream come true. And, you know, something I worked for all summer, I kind of focused on, you know, tomorrow's, tomorrow night. As a, as a goal for mine and, and to be able to achieve that and um, you know it's pretty special and makes me feel pretty good just uh, you know looking forward to it and excited for my first NHL road trip. Connor you're almost looking like a proud father over there as you're, <laughs> you're hearing Paul speak uh, just getting new uh, players into the lineup how important is that as well as uh, what you guys have in terms of the established part of your roster? You know, I think it's just an exciting time. Um, I remember when I was getting my first call and making my first call to my parents and hearing him talk about it's bringing back all those memories, and it is an exciting time. So um, enjoy the butterflies and <laughs> enjoy uh, the entire process of it. In terms of tomorrow night, and I know it's a team game, you always talk about the team, but is there a little bit of a side story there with you and John Gibson going head-to-head considering this is an Olympic year or is that even on the radar? You know, I didn't even think about that. Um, tomorrow's the start of the season, and I really want to start off on the right foot and, and get this team moving the right way. And, you know, it is just game one, so a lot of a lot of stuff can happen, you know, and we're going to build and we're going to get better. But, you know, my mindset is to go and win every single game, and uh, it starts tomorrow. Cole, you're on the, look if you're on the right side of the bat. I mean, can you talk about playing the right side there with that responsibility, the role there, and, you know, what kind of center you can keep you for yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, going to the right wing uh, after last year, played all center and uh, first couple games this uh, preseason out center, and then you know last game of the preseason there played with with Laus and Staz on the right side, and um, you know I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I've played all three positions uh, my entire life, so I feel pretty comfortable on both wings in the middle. Um, so that's that. That's you know I'm not worried about that. I feel pretty comfortable. Um, and then playing with with Laus, you know he's a uh, he's He's a big boy, can create a lot of space, and you know gets to the net and, and creates a lot of offense. Um, and you know on the flip side, he's he's you know a great shutdown guy in the D zone, and um, you know so reliable, and you know kind of makes it a lot easier to play with him, um, knowing that you got a guy like that in the D zone and and someone who's going to free up space for you and, and make plays. So um, you know I thought we had a really good game last uh, last preseason game, and and you know there's lots to build on that. So. 
um, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing with him. Last year was so weird for a lot of guys. I mean, lost season for some people. Some people maybe didn't develop as much as they want. For you, it was a different situation. I mean, how important was that season when you look back playing in the A, playing uh, for Pascal Moose? Yeah, that was uh, that was huge for me. Like, like you said, there was a lot of a lot of kids that you know missed out on hockey, and I was you know pretty fortunate and and one of the lucky ones to have an opportunity to actually further my development and um, you know play against men and um, take a big step forward. I think you know those 32 games I played last year were were huge for me um, just to experience the pro style, the the speed, um, the physicality, all the kind of stuff that the pro game built uh, brings. Um, and, and just to get that experience before I even, you know, go head into my first NHL camp, it, it just made me feel a lot more comfortable, a lot of confidence, and um, yeah, it was it was a big year for me. Cole, what do you think you showed in this training camp to get you to this point? I just, I mean, I just tried to play my game. I thought, you know, I thought I had a pretty good camp, and you know, showed well in the exhibition games. Um, obviously, there's lots to improve on, and there's lots to learn every single day. Um, and this is a great group to do it from. You can learn from anyone in the lineup. So, um, you know, I thought I'd just try to make, make plays and, and, and play my game and, and not, uh, you know, try to do anything out of the ordinary and, and just, uh, you know, stick to what got me here. And, and um, you know, I feel I, I've been pretty happy with it. And, Connor, how, how do you feel about this team going into the season? Oh, well, I'm excited. Um, we've had a great camp. We've been meshing very well and um, very quickly. I think everyone knows what their expectations are now, and now that we're one day away, I think everyone's got the mindset of we're trying to make a run. Um, this is a Stanley Cup caliber team, and we're going to do our, our best to put our best foot forward. All right, there is Connor Hellebuck and Cole Perfetti. Wanted to get that last one in from Connor because, uh, as well, longtime listeners know, he is by far my favorite guy to listen to from the Winnipeg Jets. You never really know what you're going to get from Connor, except for the fact that he doesn't have much of a filter and he's always dropping his truth to us. Um, but I love the fact that he feels that, and, and, you know, we could talk about a lot of the leaders on the club and we always, you know, talk about the forwards and the defense, but this team goes as far as Connor Hellebuck takes them. So the fact that he's got that Stanley Cup mindset, I think, is great. Um, and Remo, as far as Cole Perfetti goes, I mean, the chat is hilarious. He does look like such a young man, which he is, of course. Uh, a couple comparisons to Cole Caulfield. Um, I certainly see that for it. But, man, you just can't help but be excited for the young guy. And, you know, in some ways, it sort of reminds me of the first ever game that the Winnipeg Jets played in 2011. In that there has been lots of comparisons from Mark Shifley, Cole Perfetti to Mark Shifley, and I think they're they're justified thinking about where they were drafted, their backgrounds, um, pedigree, all of those things. Um, and Mark Shifley was the talk of the preseason that year. I believe he led the league in preseason scoring that year, if I'm not mistaken, and did get a chance to play at the beginning of the year. Now, that was a completely secondary story in 2011, because the Jets were playing the Montreal Canadiens. It was the return of NHL hockey. And, you know, it took a little while for us to be obsessing more about the lineup and not just be happy to be there. Um, but I'll tell you what, that was a pretty interesting twosome meet in the media with the excitement of young Cole Perfetti trying to, you know, keep a lid on it and be focused and 
be a professional, be a man. And then, you know, hear Connor talk about the memories of uh, that he had of that. And of course, getting down to business and talk about what he thinks this team is capable of this year when they begin the season tomorrow night. Yeah, a couple great uh, availabilities there. Paul Maurice, when asked why Cole's going in, he said, because I wanted to. I, I, we need that clip it was so why did you make that decision paul because i wanted like, to that, a, that would be a that would be an evergreen evergreen soundbite for winnipeg sports talk for this season he's like i'm the coach this is my team i'll do whatever i want and uh <laughs> when sarah's pushing a little extra there, trying to find out who the goalie for the not only the next game but the next three uh, i don't know i love the reaction to that he's like whoa, whoa are whoa. you serious whoa 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 <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think one thing we've uh, seen from Cole Perfetti, I mean, since he was drafted, I know a lot of, as you said, a lot of people commenting how young he looks. I mean, after his first game in uh, Anaheim, he won't be able to legally have a beer after to celebrate. He couldn't couldn't get a 1919 even if they uh, flew one down there. But, I mean, one thing for sure, he's always been so well-spoken. We've had him on here, uh, seems so, so mature. And it always amazes me how young these guys look, but how good they are at hockey. And I don't think... There's little doubt that he's an NHL caliber player at this time. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with Lowry and, uh, and Harkins uh, as they skated with today on, what is it, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Central time. Yeah, you got it. Uh, exciting week for uh, Jet fans and certainly exciting for uh, Perfetti, the Perfetti family, and I think everyone around this club. Uh, there's uh, a lot of good vibes around Winnipeg, but a lot of high expectations for this hockey club. We heard it from Connor Hellebuck. Um, and it all gets going for real tomorrow. Now, Remus, before we get to, we'll always hit our cool bet lines, and you know we'll get to the two lines coming up for the this evening's games. But considering this is somewhat last call, if you want to make any preseason season long wagers, um, I, I still I've always mentioned the Jets are an overlooked team, and the odds, the value on odds for the Winnipeg Jets always seem to be a little bit better for a number of other teams. Now. The caveat to all of this is some of those things have changed. We talked, what was it, last Wednesday or last Thursday about the Ehlers over t- goals at 28 and a half, and then as well as Patrick Line at 19 and a half. Uh, we weren't the only ones that were getting in on that. And I think a lot of WST people have maybe juiced this number up uh, because there's been some significant changes. Let's talk about the player props right now. And very simply, um, the book, Cool Bet, if you go to NHL and you go to NHL season bets, there's uh, winners. You can bet, you know, obviously, if you think a team's going to win the Stanley Cup, we'll get to that. All of those other numbers. But for individual players, there's a number for an over-under on their goals and their points for a number of the more star players. Four Winnipeg Jets are listed. Now, I just mentioned Nikolai Ehlers because we've been talking about Ehlers and the number right from the minute it got out. And this was a perfect example of maybe a book not paying enough attention to a star player in Winnipeg that maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves around the league. The the Ehlers number has significantly gone up over the course of the last, well, really six weeks and I think the 28 and a half number actually started at about 26 and a half. It's now finished at 31 and a half. And Ehlers for the season is 70 and a half points. So if you like the over, if you think Ehlers gets 71 or more, you pick the over. If you think Ehlers gets 32 goals or more, you pick the over. Otherwise, you can pick the under. Um, but let's, uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on this because Ehlers and Kyle Connor 
have the exact same total for points at 70 and a half this season. Kyle Connor, uh, based on his resume and the amount that he scored the last few years, I think logically has a higher goal number, but it's getting closer. Connor at 35 and a half and Ehlers at 31 and a half. But what do you think about the goal totals for those two players and the fact that they're both are dead even in points. If you had to pick Connor or Ehlers getting more points in this regular season, who are you going with? Oh man, that is uh, Connor versus Ehlers. Um, yeah, I think like skill is maybe I would take Ehlers, but like, is he going to get the playing time that Kyle Connor is going to get? Uh, they're very neck and neck. I think I looked at Dom's projections the other day and they were basically the same. I think I probably lean Ehlers. Um, I think he's more efficient. I think he's going to take the leap. I think he's more, uh, well-rounded player than Connor. I might be wrong. What about the durability of Connor? Yes. Because this is the one thing. Kyle Connor does not miss games. Now, touch wood, of course. You don't want to jinx him. Have something go out in the game number one. But, I mean, played the full 56 last year, played the 71 the year before, played the 82 the year before that, and then got into 76 games um, that following year. And if I'm not mistaken, that was the year where we played the first four games or whatever with the Moose. Did not make the team out of camp. And then was plucked on that top line and never looked back. To me, it's fascinating. Hit us in the chat. Who you got? More points this season. Ehlers versus Connor. I'm seeing Larry says Connor because he's on PP1. Uh, Rob Mahoney says Kyle Connor's plus, you know, 40 plus goals. And really, if you look at Connor's numbers, I mean, 31 goals in 17, 18, 34 in 82 and 19, 38 in 71 games and 26 um, the fact that he's 31 and a half, or sorry, he's 35 and a half. And that does make a bit of sense because I mean, he has been such a prolific goal scorer and he has been given that opportunity playing with Shifley and Wheeler on that top line. And of mm. course on that number one power play, um, I guess the bottom line on this uh, Remo is that Ehlers is uh, picking up a lot of steam with a lot of people that have noticed Nikolai Ehlers. And it's just, we've seen that number go up from like 26 and a half, five goals all the way to 31 and a half. If you want to bet it right now. Yeah. And I was mentioning Dom's projections. He has them even at 74 points. Uh, and then what does he have? Ehlers, Connor for 38 goals, Ehlers for 34. Um, so so I mean, we're taking a bunch of overs basically. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it, it really depends on health. Maybe Ehlers, you know, smaller guy. He had the broken, he had the injury last year. I mean, he already had a scare in that preseason game on Friday. That's where he left, but they're like, Oh no, he's fine. And he seems to be totally fine. So, uh, I would, I'm going to take Ehlers, but it seems like it really depends on who gets more ice time. I think that's that's the real bet is who's going to get get because if they play the same, I, I would say Ehlers, but Connor's been getting the advantage uh, advantage there. Uh, okay, so Shifley and Wheeler, the other two players that are listed. I actually talked about this one on the lock shop a couple of weeks ago when we were doing you know a number of our prop bets for the season. Mark Shifley's point total is at eighty and a half. His goal total is at twenty nine and a half. Blake Wheeler's point total is at 64 and a half and his goal total is 19 and a half. I am less like, I, I think Wheeler's points. I mean, assuming that he's healthy I mean, the guy is pretty much an iron man and plays 82 games and plays in the situation we see him in coming into this season. 
I would think that the over on the points is a pretty good bet. Not sure about the goals. Um, just that, you know, playing with Shifley, playing with Connor and being more of a setup man, you know, I think that that one might be in question. But I'll tell you, of all those four, the one that I like the most, Remo, is the Shifley over 80 and a half points. You got to pretty much stay healthy to do that. But he has been a point-to-game player for pretty much the last four seasons. And on top of everything, I think that starting in game number two after his absence being suspended tomorrow night, we are going to see a Mark Shifley that is not only completely committed to, you know, putting up the numbers that he has historically, but also being an even more effective 200-foot player that I think is going to help him offensively as well. And, of course, the big thing for that is not that he's not a driven, motivated player. Absolutely, he is. But the opportunity of a lifetime is awaiting Mark Shifley if he can earn a spot on Team Canada. This is something I think he's dreamed of as a kid. And I really do think that it is going to drive an already very driven player even further to be the best that he can be. And I think that's great news for the Winnipeg Jets. And I also think that that will be reflected on the score sheet night and night out for Winnipeg Jet games. Yeah, again, uh, looking at Dom's projections in the athletic, he's got Shifley at 81 points, so point-per-game player. That's what he's been. And Wheeler he has at 67 points. Um, Shifley, I mean, I don't know if I would bet. I think the margin is too thin. I mean, a guy misses a game, anything could happen. So I I don't think I would would bet that, but I do think, yeah, if he plays 81 games, he's going to score 81 points, but... I mean, an injury, you know, you open a, let's say you open like a can opener wrong and then you get finger sliced. I mean, you're out for a game. Things, wacky things happen as we always like talking about it. So, but I, I, I agree. He is a point per game player. There's no, no I question. I mean, he was, he was 63 and 56 last year. That's and then the good. other seasons has been pretty close to point to game. 73 and okay. 71, 84 and 82, 60 and 60, 82 and 79. He has been a point to game player for the last five seasons in the national hockey league. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm, I think he'll be even better this year. I think the production will be up a little bit. Um, and listen, he's playing with some incredibly talented players. Even if you switch things around and maybe you play with Ehlers at times, maybe he's back with Wheeler and Connor. Uh, the bottom line is he's got guys around him. He can finish himself. He's got other guys as well. So I love the 80 and a half for, for Shifley. Um, as I said, I think there's even going to be an extra boost for him. You know, just knowing what's at stake for him trying to be a member of that Canadian Olympic team. And uh, you certainly hope that reflects both with him individually on the ice, on the score sheet, but most importantly, in the win column for the Winnipeg Jets. All right, let's get to the team numbers right now. So we'll start it off with the Jets Cup odds. And maybe it was Frank that pushed it over with his Jets Stanley Cup prediction yesterday at Daily Faceoff. But the Jets today going into tonight 35 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. That was 40 to 1 as recently as just a couple days ago. But Remo, you'll remember we got talking about this after the Jets had made those big additions and the line wasn't shifted. I mean, the Jets were down there, you know, in sort of the bottom third of the National Hockey League at 50 to 1. And I know there was quite a few WSTers that logged on to CoolBet, used the WST promo code, got a nice bonus, and then put a bunch on the Jets. Maybe not as much to win the cup, but even a small one at 50 to one, you put 20 bucks and the impossible happens. You're getting a grand. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're a Jet, I think if you're a Jets fan and you think that they have a shot, why not? I mean, put ten bucks on a forty to one. Uh, it's a nice payday. If they win, pretty low risk, uh, low risk wager. And yeah, Frank Saravalli, did he bump the line when Daily Faceoff projected the Jets to win? And I think, I mean, you can make a reason um, to predict any team for the Stanley Cup. But you look at the Jets, you're basically saying, hey, they got the best goalie in the league. How many teams have you seen where a goalie takes them far in the playoffs? Uh, Montreal last year with Carey Price, with Dallas the year before, with Hudobin. But not only a goalie, you need a well-rounded team. And they have, you know, elite talent on forward. I mean, you look at the TSN top 50 list, you know, we talk about the Bombers having a number of elite players on defense. You look at the top 50 NHL. I mean, uh, the Jets have Shifley, Connor, Ehlers, Hellbuck, that's four. Um, I don't think Wheeler was on there this year, but you could argue he's been on in the past and he could be. And defense, while they may not have a, you know, number one guy, I think they're very well-rounded and, and Dylan and Schmidt basically filled the holes that they needed. So I think, I think it's you know reasonable to project that. I mean, will it happen? I mean, only one team wins, but I think you can make it, make it definitely make case for it. Yeah. A couple other jets odds for the uh, year that are interesting. 55 to one to win the president's trophy. I'm, I'm not sure that that is it, Listen, if you think that the jets can win the division, I think there's some value there. Now this, a few of us got on this. It was 21 to one about a month ago, which didn't make any sense. They were 20 to one to win the West and play in the Stanley cup final, but only 21 to one. And Colorado is a very significant favorite in this division as they should be. Um, they are sort of the bar in the central division. And many people would say in the Western conference going into this season. Um, but the jets right now, it was 21 to one. It went down to 13. It's now at 14 to one this morning. So if you think the jets are going to take a run at the division, you get 14 to one on your money. Uh, but here, Remus, here are the ones that I love that I am on. Jets to make the playoffs, minus 130. That's about as good a number as I've seen anywhere online. And it's especially interesting considering we had the digital gambler, Andy McNeil, on with us on Friday, breaking down his projections. And he does a great job of comparing what his numbers say the odds should be and comparing them to what the uh, what the odds are, he had the Jets as high as minus one seventy five per um, uh, odds that he had put together. Compare that to minus one thirty. Um, so I'll tell you what: there'll be a lot of people in the Jets to make the playoffs at minus one thirty. If you're on the other side and I think the Jets miss plus one ten on that number. But maybe my favorite one of it all, and I loaded this one up on the weekend, and this will be a fun bet to kind of follow throughout the year, is the Jets over under points for the season. Now, they were 50 to 1. They added players. That number's dropped. The Central Division, it was 21 to 1. That number dropped. The one number that hasn't moved, including the odds on it on either side, is the over under point total for the team for the season. And that number is 90 two and a half and by all accounts if you think the jets are going to be a playoff team but minus 130 you're probably looking at you know clocking 95 96 98 points for the year and i certainly think a 100 point season is very much realistic so you know comparing the team like the wild that were like 98 and a half i thought there was big value on winnipeg and to be honest i'm a little surprised that that one hasn't nudged up to 93 or 94 that being said i'll take it Love the over on 92 and a half for the Winnipeg Jets point total for the 82 game regular season.
Yeah, I think that's fair. I was looking at some of the uh, internet projections here. But Dom has 94, JFresh 96, Evolving Wild 93, uh, Money Puck 94. So there are uh, projection systems that have uh, that have them over that 92 number. And you think they're a playoff team? I think by all accounts, uh, they should be. I agree. That's That seems like decent value, uh, minus 130. So, uh, I mean, the time is now. I mean, we're counting down until puck drop tonight. So only a couple hours left to get those season-long bets in. Yeah, and here's just one other interesting one that's just been listed, I think, over the last week or so. And this is essentially so many of us loved that Canadian division last year and all the, uh, you know, the one anthem games. Um, They do have a bet. It's under others team to get most points in the regular season. And essentially, it's all the Canadian teams going head to head. The Leafs are the favorite at plus 115. The Edmonton Oilers are next at plus 275. And then you have the Winnipeg Jets at eight to one, along with Vancouver. Calgary's plus ten fifty. Habs are plus twelve fifty, and the Ottawa Senators are forty nine to one. I'm out on the Canucks. I, I, I'm. I'm. I mean, I guess there are a bunch of people that are pretty high on them. And you know, credit to Jim Benning, he got the guys done. And Hughes and Pedersen will be in the lineup. Not sure how they'll look after missing most of training camp, but the bottom line is they're done. Connor Garland's a nice add. OEL for the time being, I think makes them a bit better of a team. Still not even sure whether they're a playoff team in a very weak division right now. So I'm out on Vancouver. I could totally get behind eight to one on the Winnipeg Jets. There's no value with the Leafs at plus 115. But the Oilers to me are interesting in that they're playing in that Pacific division. They've got McDavid, they've got Dreisaitl playing together with Puyarvi right out of the gate. Uh, I wouldn't at all be surprised if the Oilers, you know, pushed Vegas and potentially won that division as long as their goaltending ha- uh, hangs in there. And maybe Ken Holland has to go acquire a goaltender. But uh, I found that an interesting one, maybe a fun bet to make for if for a Jets fan, if you wanted to jump on it. Uh, to me, I think the Leaf number is way too low, but I do think some value with Edmonton at plus 275 considering the firepower they have what they learned last year the hard way against a team like Winnipeg in the playoffs as well as who their opponents will be with all those additional games within the Pacific what do you think about that Canadian list yeah I agree I'm out on uh, I'm out on uh, Vancouver Edmonton we'll wait and see it seems like Toronto uh, big favorite this is their year are you rocking the Jets for most points plus 800 seems like they should be have better val than Vancouver, or sorry, should be lower odds than uh, what Vancouver and Edmonton. So, sure, if you want to, if you want to go with that, I, I don't mind that one either. Us, the, the one, the one thing about that, and why I maybe, you know, like I, I I'm gonna go with the Jets over ninety two and a half before I'm gonna jump on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is just the Central Division. I mean, yeah, Arizona's gonna be in the in the league. Uh, in the division but you know there's a lot of very competent teams and i think many people expect that five playoff teams are going to come out of the central as well so it maybe makes a little bit different because they're you know those in division games and the degree of competition you'll have in the central nothing like you'll have in the pacific and even in the leafs division you know you look at you know montreal what are they going to be not sure but ottawa detroit buffalo um Hey, just just for fun here while we're doing this, I was looking at this yesterday. 
Have you have you taken a look at the Buffalo Sabres lineup going into this season? Oh, I actually did because I did a fantasy draft uh, yesterday, so, and I was looking at drafting Victor Olofsson. Okay, let, let me. I'm going to read out the Sabres pro- projected roster, folks, and uh, in the chat, give us an idea of how many points you think this team can get. I believe their total for the season is 68 and a half. Your top line is Jeff Skinner, the $9 million man. <laughs> God, what a terrible contract. Along with Casey Middlestat and Vinny Hinestroza. Oh, my God. Second line, top six players, Tage Thompson with Victor Olofsson and Rasmus Asplund. The third line is Dylan Cousins, who actually I am high on, and maybe he could be a guy that, you know, is a real part of a key of a of an eventual turnaround that's not happening this year. Cousins with Drake Kajula and Anders Bjork, and then Cody Eakin, along with Kyle Ocposo and Zegmas Gergensens. And then the defense pairings, Rasmus Dahlin with Henry Jokaharu, Colin Miller, Jacob Bryson, Robert Hag, and Mark Pissick. And the goaltenders for the Buffalo Sabres, Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski. Oh my God. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about Arizona and who is on that team, but there is going to be an incredible race. We, we can talk about the president's trophy all we want. The race for last place in the league could be historic this year. That is a really bad team. Uh, hustler. <laughs> and I actually saw today, I think it was Elliot or someone was tweeting about possibly moving. I don't want to put words in his name. Well, let me put it in. But um, someone was tweeting about, Relocating. about Darlene. Let me locate it. Darlene going to forward. Like, I don't. I don't know. Let me find the tweet. The tweet here. Well, um, oh, it was Jeff Merrick said that they were practice or no here. I don't know. Oh, Jeff Merrick was saying that. And then Mike Harrington said the Sabres have no plans to use Rasmus Darlene at forward, despite what was coming out of Toronto on the radio today. Uh, the coach, Don Granado, called that crazy. Okay, so the water's been poured. That is crazy. But it was noon before the show. I did see people tweeting about that. So I don't... <laughs> so yeah, that I thought that was a crazy plan if you were considering that. Thankfully, they are not. I actually thought Darlene would have been a decent fantasy pick, but this team's not going to score uh, too many goals. It seems like they're not going to have too many fans in the building. It's going to be a, another miserable season in Buffalo. And they oh. still haven't traded Jack Eichel, which I think that... They kind of—I think they really screwed uh, screwed the chance of getting any value for him at this point. Um, hey, just quickly before we wrap, uh, other couple of the Jets odds for the Rocket Richard most goals in the league. Kyle Connors twenty six to one, and Nikolai Ehlers is forty four to one. Um, for the Vezina Trophy, Connor Hellebuck is the second favorite behind Andre Vasilevsky at seven to one. And interestingly, the only Jet player listed for the Hart Trophy, the most valuable player, is not Mark Shifley. It's Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Hellebuck, 54 to 1 to win the Hart Trophy. Mark Shifley does check in at 40 to 1 to win the Art Ross Trophy. And uh, there are two games tonight in the league Tampa and Buff, or sorry, Tampa and the Pittsburgh Penguins going at it in the first game of the season. Tampa, big, big favorite, minus 263. And, uh, geez, when we did the lock shop earlier, it was plus 128 for the puck line. Now, 
just plus 106. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. No Crosby, no Malkin, buzzing building, raising the banner. I think the Lightning look good and win by two tonight. And then there's the Kraken and the Golden Knights. Uh, Golden Knights, a big favorite, minus 256, plus 108 on the puck line. And what's interesting, when I locked in everything for the lock shop earlier, I got the under five and a half. Uh, it's now down to five. Um, and I guess, I mean, so much uncertainty about the Kraken, but I am just do wonder how they're going to generate goals. Mind you, we said that about the Vegas Golden Knights a few years ago, and uh, look what happened to them, Reem. So uh, a lot of people quite high on the Kraken, as well as, you know, some of those projections from Jay Fresh and Dom and whatnot. And again, you never really understand how a team's going to come together and what Dave Haxtell is going to do with them. But just the talent that they brought in from established NHLers has many people thinking that they'll be a team that's going to really push for the playoffs. Yeah, Seattle's missing a couple guys um, tonight because of COVID protocols. So I would probably just take, um, you know, both favorites tonight. But I've seen Seattle, yeah, some people project them for the playoffs, some people not. I think they'll be competitive, mainly because that's... I mean, we talked last year, Hus. You know how much scoring there was in the Canadian division, but it was actually the Pacific division that was brutal. I mean, Kings, mm-hmm. Ducks, Sharks. I remember like 10 years ago, all the California teams were cup contenders. Now that is no longer the case. And then you have uh, Vancouver and Calgary had a disappointing season, but somehow, uh, I, you know, I got to make a confession. Huss. I like dumped on Calgary all year. And then yesterday, you know, cause they disappointed me last season in DFS. And then yesterday I jump on Goudreau and Monaghan. And marks are at value prices in my <laughs> fantasy draft. So I'm ready to get hurt again by Calgary. But I think that division sucks. And I think Vancouver is rough. And I know Edmonton has McDavid, but um, I think there's still questions about their defense. And although Mike Smith went for really cheap in my draft yesterday, I mean, he had really good numbers, but he is, how old is he? 39, 40? Yeah, 39. I, yeah. I don't know how much did he's going to play. And, you know, a, a sneaky guy might be Koskinen. And I know everyone's out on Koskinen. But he at times played quite well for Edmonton, and bottom line is they're gonna they're gonna go as far as the uh, the big guns up front with McDavid and Drysaddle get it done, who are playing together apparently in game number one along with Puyarvi, who's on a pretty nice spot when it comes to us uh, ending up on a line with arguably two of the top few players in the world, certainly number one in Connor McDavid. Uh, all right, so there's the cool bet. We really do have to get out. It's already past three. It's been a great show today. I know Ryan, Todd, and many other people are looking to get into a big NFL chat. We don't have a lot of time, yeah. but I will address. <laughs> I will address the Chiefs getting their asses kicked on Sunday night. I said going into the weekend, the defense was really, really concerning me. Um, but you know what? After the delay at the halftime, they came out and didn't give up any points in the third quarter. Like as sketchy as the Chiefs defense has been at times, they actually did what they needed to do to get the team back in the game. And yes, my guy, Pat Mahomes, what can I say? He uh, had a bit of a stinker on Sunday night. Now, better it happens in week five of the regular season than later on. I'm hoping that this makes them better. They certainly do need to make some improvements on the defensive side of the football. But they didn't have a lot of answers for a Bills defense that um, had looked great against some of the JV teams in the National Football League, um, but really stepped up big. So statement game by the Bills. And you look at the Chiefs, they've lost already. I mean, they beat Cleveland, which was a very, very tough game. That was a losable game. 
Um, they gave it away to Baltimore with the Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumble. Uh, they lost to the Chargers, and now they've lost to the Bills. They've certainly played some of the best teams in the AFC with where they are right now. Lots of time left. I do expect them to be a playoff team. Um, but it does surprise me that right now the Chiefs are still the favorite in the AFC West when you see the way the Chargers have played, the way they were able to you know, overcome a bit of an iffy defensive performance and put up all those points, 1,000 yards total in that game against Cleveland. So, yes, I will not be flying, flying the, uh, the, the dynasty banner anytime soon about my Chiefs. However, count them out at your own risk, all of you beaking me in the chat. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. They got the WFT next week and then uh, lots of football left to be played. But there's no doubt it's been a really ugly start to the season for Kansas City. And uh, there's a lot of work to be done if they want to uh, represent the AFC in the Super Bowl for the third consecutive year. Uh, what a great show today. Thanks to Jeff Hamilton for coming on. Thanks to everyone here. Uh, if you haven't already, please do us a favor. Just hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching on a mobile, just close the chat, hit the thumbs up. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button because if you're new around here, it's great to have you. We're doing this every day, Monday to Friday, 1 p.m. live on YouTube. And uh, if we don't go too long, we usually get into the podcast feeds around 3.30, just in time for your drive home. Uh, Big thanks to Jeff Hamilton for joining us today. And, of course, all of our great sponsors, including Culligan Water. Don't forget that $9.99 special for three months right now on home equipment up until Friday Give them a call at 694-5180. Manitoba Battery, getting you ready for winter. Our friends at Royal Sports, who are ready for jet season right now. Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza. You know where the place to be to watch the game is tomorrow night. Your local BP, not Autocorp, Canadian Club, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and, of course, our betting partner, Cool Bet Canada. Folks, we'll be back tomorrow live at 1 getting you ready for game one of the Winnipeg Jets 82 game season right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Get a good sleep tonight because it's a late one tomorrow and you're not going to want to miss it. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Oh my God! Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.